my name is Lex Williams, and I am a massive deal. Um, Preach. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, hi, welcome to the Culture Cabinet podcast. Um, I am Lex, and I'm a massive deal. And I am joined today, as always, with Dan and Nicole, where we're about to have a musical theater party. A party with musical theater is what it's like. <laughs> no, but in honor, right. of, uh, in honor of the release of um, the cinematic icon of the 2020s, Mean Girls, we decided to um, gather around the culture cabinet and discuss our favorite movie musicals. Um, Nicole, how how are you feeling this fine evening? Um, I'm feeling really excited to talk to you all about one of our collective favorite topics. At the end of the day, it's the movie musicals that truly make the world go round. We're going to see how many uh, musical theater puns I can work into this podcast. Um, <laughs> Dan, how are you? I'm good surprisingly good for someone who just started a new decade of life oh <laughs> he's 20 sure. Congratulations, Dan, 10 years old <laughs> thank you Moving on to the fifth you. grade <laughs> you let me know if you need help with long division i can't next year i you next know year you might get your hogwarts letter <laughs> long division fine but fractions i still no clue <laughs> next year when you get your hogwarts letter you let us know <laughs> i you know i will and i will send a raven instead of an owl because we all know what house i'm gonna be in mm. yes <laughs> um speaking of movie musicals my favorite's a very potter musical i'm kidding um <laughs> i mean <laughs> legit like <laughs> no 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 I'm, I'm i'm joking on that one hardcore um but no um no she's joking her actual favorite is spider-man turn off the dark okay that's not a movie musical but um it is my favorite musical so. <laughs> <laughs> a quick little story about the spider-man turn off the dark that i would just like to share oh god is that when okay. i was 16 i did not know that my parents had planned for a surprise Christmas gift where my sister and I were going to go to New York City the week be between Christmas and New Year's and they bought tickets to Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Well, I was eating breakfast oh, before school and news broke that Spider-Man was taking a hiatus because somebody fell and was severely injured and they had to shut the production down to reevaluate safety situations and my dad went, "Oh no." <laughs> little did i know it's because they were worried that we would not be able to see that show and it we saw the first show back from when it came back after being shut down after that guy fell and a producer came on stage God. before the show started and went yep. you may have seen us in the news um i just want to reassure, reassure everyone that nothing bad's gonna happen unless someone tries to jump on spider-man's back <laughs> I mean, challenge accepted. <laughs> well, so we were sitting in the front mezzanine and he came and perched on the mezzanine. Yeah. He... In the impulse to jump on Spider-Man's back and go, go get him, Tiger. Just raged through my 16-year-old body. But hey, I saw Patrick Page. Um, Rave Carney was out that night. My dad denies this, but it's true. 
Um, <laughs> anyways, my question for you though is: Do you think if you had jumped onto his back, he would have said, "Hold, Hold tight, on tight, spider, spider monkey"? monkey? Yeah. Um, oh God. <laughs> I mean, I would have said it. I would have jumped on his back and been like, oh, Lord. "Goblin, please." Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> while we're on that, I I I also saw that thing in one of the Wobegon preview performances because um I was that working thing. for an <laughs> I was working for an off-Broadway theater company at the time and uh we were working very closely that year with Julie Taymor on mm. on something on a non-theatrical thing, but like so like constant contact with her assistant and all the things and like at one point they asked if any of us wanted <laughs> like they had tickets for they were papering the house basically and we were I was like yes please because I need to see it before it closes <laughs> did you see it before or after the rewrites so I saw it after the first round of rewrites. Oh, I saw it as God intended. I so, saw it brand new. And that's the thing, like, after the rewrites, I was like, I wanted the version with the geek chorus. I'm sorry. <laughs> the geek chorus? Okay, first of all, <laughs> listen, we'll get to Mean Girls in a second, but I've never been asked about my opinions on Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, and I've been we need a waiting for this for 13 years. <laughs> So the thing about it, okay, two things. One, the geek chorus spent five minutes explaining how spider, Peter Parker got bit by the spider as if we hadn't just watched that scene. I remember he gets bit by the spider and then a geek chorus member rips off a panel of the wall and is like, so explaining the physics here. Peter Parker was standing right here and the spider was right here. When he moved at this point and the spider moved at this point, it created the perfect opportunity for him to be bit by a radioactive spider. And we were like, bitch, we know. We just watched it happen. And the second thing about the rewrites that I've been told was cut that just broke my heart is in, in act two, I don't remember exactly what happens, but Peter Parker decides he doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. So um, he and MJ are like camped out in her New York apartment and, but they can't like leave because the villains are just overrunning the city. So um, they sing this ballad and it's the one they sing at the Tony Awards. They sing yeah. this ballad. And then at the end, uh, Peter Parker goes, man, I could really go for a bite or something. And, MJ's like, I just bought a new thing of uh, canned goods. Peter Parker whips around dramatically and goes, I'll get the can opener. <laughs> the lights go down and the Green Goblin attack. Yeah. Um... And I've thought about that. I'll get the can opener about a hundred times a day over the last 13 years. Hey, let me tell you, Spider-Man turning off the dark is the most fascinating failure of a musical yeah ever it is because my... like from the jump you could not have picked more wrong people to write and compose and direct the music spider-man musical the music like, i love you two the music was terrible it was awful where, and i love you too where is my documentary oh i'm gonna make one please please donate to my um gofundme where I will be making a documentary 
No, I actually like don't turning understand, off the dark. Because, Nicole, you don't understand how much money you would need to get any of the people involved to talk about this okay. show ever again. So this is the thing about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Okay, so take everything that happened out. <laughs> is Which, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> really hard to do Take everything that happened out. The capital investment, that show would have had to have run for 10 years to recoup its investment. So that in itself, you're asking for a failure because there is yeah. no franchise in this world. Well, I don't know. A couple years later at the very same theater, another franchise tried it and so far has had better success. Mm. But um, you're already setting it. No franchise is big enough to fund something like Broadway because this is the other thing that like kills me. And this is a whole nother rant is that <laughs> people really overestimate who's gonna go out of their way to go see broadway sometimes yeah, i don't mean yeah. that in like a slight it's just if you if you cater too it, much to it, one particular broadway place, is expensive broadway is expensive you have to go to a very specific location it's already expensive it's not like something like a theme park where you're getting like an all-inclusive thing right so it's just in any case it would have had to have run for 10 years for it to recoup its investment so it's already a failure and then you start having things like safety concerns and rewrites <laughs> and people walking out and like it's nothing no niche uh pop culture moment gets me going quite like spider i don't know who brought it up but that was <laughs> worth my fault up, that was worth <laughs> bringing up jimmy stewart because he's gonna get me going I will talk about like there are so few people that can talk about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark having actually seen it. <laughs> like, get two of them in five, you know, <laughs> a close radius, and you'll spend an hour talking about that musical because it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. And it had some cool, like it had cool effects. Yeah, when the Green Goblin and Spider-Man were fighting over the city and the it's incredible. The moving grid, I thought that was so cool. The um, I remember like incredible. The um, arachnid was swinging back and forth, and like those yeah. like scarves started flying, and it like oh, oh my god, up. don't get me started about the fucking arachnid spider shoe TV dance. Carpio. I can't. I can't. TV it's... Carpio, you can get in the culture cabinet. <laughs> yes, you but... off the dark, you can get in the culture cabinet. Uh, uh... No, you can't. Not because you're good, but because I love you. Um, not because you're good, but because you were a moment. Because you were a truly moment. as not as a show, but as a cultural phenomenon. Yes. yes. I know, and I know all the words to multiple songs from that show, even though I think the music is awful. Um, so so bad. Speaking anyway. of musicals with awful music. Yes, a perfect segue. Um, perfect segue. Please donate to my Kickstarter where I'm making a documentary called Spider-Man: <laughs> Turn On the Light. Um, <laughs> stop that's so good <laughs> <laughs> uh meanwhile um speaking of another musical that has awful music with lyrics that i love to poke fun of um what brings us here today is the glory of renee rap and the atrocity of lyrics such as a revenge party a party with revenge is what it's like um two of us have seen mean girls one of us is on tiktok so really three of us have seen mean girls <laughs> and only one of us has seen it the way god and tina fey intended did you see so, it like, on Broadway? I did, yeah, twice. Okay. Do you want I... you want to get the ball rolling then about your um since I mean Nicole and I have both seen a slime tutorial. I um, saw it on tour. Oh wait, yes, you did with Mariah Rose Faith. Yes, I did with Mariah Rose Faith as well, uh, Regina. Which like 
I'm sorry, but like we could have had Mariah Rose Faith in this movie in literally any part and we didn't and I and it would have been like, improved. Yeah, I feel like we need to, you know, have words with Hollywood. And Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I um the thing is from what I've seen on TikTok, um <laughs> Ali e. Cravalho's um performances one of the few that I actually enjoyed. I thought she actually did a good job as Janice. Yeah. I hate the song I'd rather be me. I'm sorry, but yep. I do. Um if I'm you treat sorry, me bad, I'll say you're bad. Um be real. Acting nice when she not she nice. Not nice. <laughs> she not nice. Um you know I um no I would re- Dan, I would agree that it's a bop if I could like listen to it in a language that I don't speak. is um there are some parts i like it i like and it's just the other issue i take with it on the cast recording is that barrett wilbur weed can't really sing it um last no it's because she's never recovered from frying her voice on heathers that is true has not and it shows but my point Being that I think that Mariah was Faith actually would have been a really good Janice. <gasps> Ooh. And she would have done a really good job with that song. She would no, have. So but, no, but think about what's her face. The other who, like the the angsty teen female lead in Black Friday. Mm-hmm. She, oh, Angela. Yes, Don't Angela would have been an awesome Janice. Angela would have been an awesome Janice. Um, Angela, who is in a Vegan Sundance aunt. movie. Um, she shout out to she's in a short film called Guts. Um, shout out to Angela. Yeah, and she starts made, the podcast now. She made an Oscar-worthy short film on TikTok called The Vegan Aunt. Goes to Whole Foods. I can't go to Whole Foods, but I literally saw the same brand of spaghetti squash she references in that TikTok. And I sent Nicole a picture and I said, it's like if you took hay and you put (laughs) truffle oil all over it and then you wash the truffle oil off with a big shower. (laughs) I was in Whole Foods today and I walked by the like meat counter and I went, ah. (laughs) Um, If y'all have not seen this, Lex, can we put it in the show notes? Yeah, I'm gonna put. I'm not joking. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Millions of viewers suddenly hit up Angela's (laughs) TikTok. She can have us to thank. You're welcome. Um, honestly, Angela, if you're listening, we'd love to have you as a guest on the show. That is, Uh, yes, that is true. But so, okay, I. This is gonna sound so funny. I want to talk about my Mean Girls journey. Um, Oh please be very honest and say that like i did not watch the original movie whenever it came out was not a thing i was interested in i did not see the actual movie until like a couple of years ago i think um that kind of teen comedy especially from that time period was just not my thing um i'm a heathers or die person uh but I remember when the album came out, it came out while I was living in London and I used to like walk around the streets of London listening to like World Burn. I was like, wow, this is a bop. Um, but even just it's one of those shows that I think even listening to the album sort of like illuminates all the worst parts of it. Um, and again, I think that it's very clear in some a lot of parts of the musical that it's trying to be Heather's the musical as seen in the Whose House Is This number, which is just a poor man's attempt at 
big fun from Heather's. Um, but I saw Wait, and tour. also the Meet the Plastics reprise, which is yes. basically candy store. It is. It is. Like, yeah, they wanted to be Heather's, but they couldn't because Heather's is iconic. Um, and then I like went to see it on tour mostly because I wanted to see Mariah Rose Faith. Uh, as Regina and she was amazing and it was the kind of thing where I didn't I, I again was like oh this is like very flawed um but I, I thought it was enjoyable like I had a good time seeing it and my sister who was still in high school at the time uh definitely enjoyed it more than I did so I was like okay maybe this is like actually like updated for the younger generation or whatever but then I went to see the movie, um, which I mostly went to see because um, Alamo Drafthouse did a movie party <laughs> and we got um, some fun little, you know, props. Um, hey, and I wanted to see. What? Yeah, oh, I'm very God. disappointed wait, that the mic is here. Hold on. Please pause. Um, I, I can get it. Don't you worry. All right, here we go. We're back with the mic. Now we have the proper podcasting mic. Okay. There we go. Okay. Forget this mic I have plugged into my computer. Um, But I mostly also went to see it because I would die for Renee Rapp, um, a fellow North Carolina girl, uh, as two of us recording this podcast are, are in North Carolina. Shout out um, to North Carolina. And the thing is that even coming from someone who has no like nostalgia factor for the original movie um, as someone who generally likes coming of age type movies and stories uh, as someone who, you know, like was willing to forgive a lot because <laughs> I love Renee Rapp. Um, this movie sucks. <laughs> And what's so funny to me is watching all the, like, teen and, like, 20, early 20-some-year-old girls on TikTok be like, let me tell you why this movie sucks. And I'm like, you lost your target audience. I, so, a, f a few, a few points um, that you brought up that <laughs> I thought of something. So, okay. I remember seeing the original movie in theaters. Um, I would have been um, nine or ten um and my parents didn't realize what they were taking my sister and I to because if I would have been nine or ten my sister would have been five or six um and so oh God. Uh, what I what I mostly remember is my getting out my mom going um do you know the not nice word that Regina called Katie and I was like bugly and she was like no slut <laughs> she's like you can't say that no okay um <laughs> She said, feel free to say fugly all you want. <laughs> well, so then I did say fugly and she's like, no, don't say fugly either. Um, <laughs> but um, yep. I also remember my mom being like, did you understand what was happening? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to go watch Willy Wonka now. Bye. <laughs> um, I guess from where my parents had like such a mortified reaction after we got out of the theater. I just like hadn't I didn't watch it again until college and then what was weird was in college I really had a moment with that movie <laughs> like, I had a moment where I watched it like at least once a week um oh and then when the musical came out I was actually very excited because this was 
not I remember like I was still in New York not when it came out but like when it was announced it was coming to Broadway um and so I wasn't too far out of college and I was super excited about it and then I listened to the music and was like what on god's green earth is this um I remember talking to you about this and we'd only been like actually good friends for like maybe a year if that at this point like eight months yeah um but I remember bonding with you over being like what I very the bloody hell is this one thinking I'm so sorry but I remember thinking my name is Regina George and I'm a massive deal being like are you choking like and this is no shade (laughs) at Taylor Louderman at all um because it's not her you can tell it's just it's the way that the role supposed it's the slight Britney Spears like yep massive deal I'm like "Mm, yeah mm, 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 mm." shut it down shut it down shut it down my name is Um, Regina George and I have a massive deal said no one who was a massive deal ever right well so this is my thing is like I think what is good about the original movie which I will say I I rewatched the original recently and I actually don't it is a classic I don't think it holds up like (gasps) as other teen comedies do I don't think it does either but I have always it's not necessarily that's not necessarily the movie's fault it's the fact that like teen comedies are so emblematic of a particular moment in pop culture and so mm-hmm. much has changed about teenage hood um teenhood and the way teenagers interact that like it just looks dated but like what i thought was so good about it though was that at least in the time it irks me it's a it's a big pet peeve of mine in pop culture and movies and whatever when people who clearly don't understand how youths act try to write like youth characters and i'll give tina fey credit where due like she knew how to write teenagers yeah and it felt authentic in that sense whereas the musical to me at least feels like you're a bit out of touch tina like this isn't really like how teenagers act these days or like i was gonna say emphasis on she knew did how yeah, to write. right like she <laughs> stuck in 2004 because that's the thing is like mean the the plastics in the original movie were every mean girl like the way regina acts her tone her like is every mean girl i have ever known even to this day right like whereas the and this isn't a statement on again this is not statement on any performances but the way that the plastics are written in the musical to me at least read like a more caricature someone who doesn't actually understand how teenagers act um on top of some really bad lyrics now that said world burn is innocent world burn is world burn innocent and so is um till someone gets hurt including the original theatrical version that had um Aaron singing it with her and the line, God, you're hot. Why do you even wear a shirt? Um, that line is so important to me. That, line's very- that line in the show is hilarious. Yep. In the movie, it's like. Well, because they uh, cut Aaron's part where it's just yeah. really weird when he's not singing it with her. Yeah, it um, is. Well, okay. So can we talk like the casting of this movie? Because I have 
such big thoughts it's on so wait okay can i give my thoughts on the on the wait, show yes you go, you go, yeah, I'm so sorry. because i have a, a segue into okay the casting. okay so so i first saw this uh like i think it was still in previews actually because my sister wanted to see it and so i took her to see it and we were both kind of like okay this is cute it's fun but like I could take or leave it kind of like it was not like because I it's exactly I mean, how I felt yeah, like both of us saw the movie in like in theaters I was a sophomore in college you weren't even born yet because you just turned 10 shut up <laughs> my old ass was in college when this movie came out okay and my sister was in high school and both of us like it was, it was, it like, it has become like one of our like bonding movies because mm -hmm. like it hit us both, you know, at the, in the exact right way at the time. And it was just like, I remember my, my, like a group of friends, like we went to the movie theater to see it because it was Tina Fey and Lindsay Lohan and it looked hilarious. And it was hilarious. That script is like just jam packed with hilarious lines. Lines. And I think the problem for something like that, when you're turning it into a musical, is that so much about the original film has become iconic that you can't not include it in your musical version of it. But on the flip side of that, it will also never be the same mm -hmm. so it's always going to feel like a knockoff version of the original unless you're literally doing it with like in the exact like saying every line with the exact same intonation which is like in that case then just why so right. i think that like making a musical of a movie especially a comedy is like you're already like starting off at a disadvantage because you have to work so much harder to make it viable and i think that when they were writing this musical they just didn't know how to address that issue because there are so many things in this musical that are not like it's not directly from the movie but it's referencing the movie in a very specific way that if you didn't know the movie, you'd be sitting there like, wait, why are people laughing? Like the Glenn Coco line. Yeah. Like it if just like yeah, the when they go on the like when everyone says Glenn Coco, Glenn Coco, Glenn Coco, like mm -hmm. like the, it's literally just there because it's a famous line from the movie. Yep. And it 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 falls into a lot of that trap. But I think the bigger thing is that like <laughs> the lyrics are terrible yeah. as, oh as we've been saying like they're just yep. like really 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 bad and just like they're just lazy like yeah. a revenge the, party is what it's a party with revenge, revenge is what it's is like, what it's like. remind everyone and also i'm sorry the random whoa oh no no no, not the whoa, whoa, whoa. i love the whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the part that's like imagine a party with cake and this and this and this yeah and this. And a and like, party with singing and cake and singing and dancing and cake, cake. and i'm and like I'm you're like, really you like cake with cake and yep. it would be one thing if it was established that janice or katie or damien like have a thing with cake. cake 
yeah. but they don't. So it's or not even, funny. Okay, even if they like musically gave them a moment for it to be like and cake and singing and dancing and cake. Like, yeah, like in but they didn't do like, that. Lar, like that. Lar, yeah, lar, exactly. Right. Yeah, but they don't do that. And I think there are just like a lot of opportunities. I think that also just like the lyrics, some of the lyrics are okay. Yeah. Like I really like Stupid with Love. I think that song is a really good like at describing Katie's inner feelings. And like I know people were laughing about the line of the movie, but on stage, I love the calculus line because it's just like really cute and it captures how a teenage girl would be feeling in that moment right but then they're just like icy stars <laughs> is the most generic pop rock believe in yourself bullshit that like, i've ever heard in my life like is it what catchy? Is, is it catchy yes but is it about Anything? Anything? No. Right. It, you know the, what? The, the lyrics literally the lyrics mean nothing. The it, thing about Icy Stars is it kind of reminds me of like a ripoff version of like you know the song in the Lizzie McGuire movie. God, that's like no. the fake pop song. Like, hey now, hey now, this oh. is what dreams are made of. Oh god, like, it's a worse version of that. Icy Stars always reminded me of that song on Descendants, the finale of Descendants Two, that they sing on the boat. Oh my god, stop! You're so right. That's what it's giving. <laughs> also, You're not wrong. Um, before we talk about casting, unless Dan, you had something else to right. add. Oh, I have so much more. But like, so <laughs> the, the I I like that they like they tried to like split the difference in the music between like traditional musical theater comedy songs and like a more modern contempo like pop rock stuff. And I even like that they tied they tried to specifically tie that those sounds to certain characters. I thought that was really smart and worked really well, especially like both of Damien's songs are like A plus. A plus songs like when this when the show does actual musical theater songs they're really good all of those songs got cut for the movie <laughs> except for stupid with love which got a remix that makes it sound just so much worse but we'll talk about that later yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> but so my my issue my main issue with the casting of the movie comes into this is that like in on the in the stage show it for people who have somehow not seen the show or the movie yet uh in the show Damien and Janice are narrators the conceit is that they are putting on a play for like fre incoming freshmen at their high school about like the dangers of i think they specifically say like social media in in the show but like it's basically just you know basic high school stuff right so like they constantly come on and will like comment on the action and or have songs like that and like that yeah kind of and like so yeah. they're they are no longer supporting characters but they're kind of main characters they are the burr in hamilton yes exactly and then you have 
and and Katie is essentially the other main character because she literally drives the whole plot. The whole plot is centered around her. In the movie, I understand why you would want to cast Renee Rapp as <laughs> Regina. She is incredibly talented. She's very popular. And she played the role before on Broadway. So why not? However, when you have someone not just with that amount of talent, but who is at that point in their career where they're really crossing over, they become the main character. And Regina yeah. George does not work as a main character for Mean Girls. I think that one of the biggest issues with the casting and also just the way that the musical is structured is that it feels like there's not that much character growth because Regina comes out as the star of the show yeah. and we really don't see that much change in her over time aside from the fat plot which we'll get to that later it's and my thoughts literally that. the last scene of the movie which yeah. the best decision they ever made in adapting mm -hmm. the show was to put back that scene with them in the bathroom which originally was yep. cut like yep or it was cut very short for the movie yeah but like they and... put the whole thing back in and also, that's one of the better scenes in the movie, too, because Renee Rapp is yeah. hysterical. She's so funny. And playing drugged up. <laughs> okay, it's also proof that, like, if they'd been willing to give her some more comedic bits, like, I think that it could have improved the movie. But, like, Renee is amazing. She, mm -hmm. you know, slays these songs. Although, oh, God, if you listen to them. her on the album for the movie or, like, in the movie versus recordings of her on Broadway, it's, like, laughable because it's, like, girl, did they tell you, like hold back it's kind of like samantha barks in the lame is film where it's like girl <laughs> we know you can do better than this like what did they say to you and i i really do feel in some ways like the mean girls movie and her being cast as regina is the creative team of the musical trying to apologize to her for what occurred when she was in the show on broadway and the body shaming that she received from both yeah. people involved with the musical and the fans um for those who don't know i mean renee rapp is a beautiful woman she's also like it's not like she's plus size or something like she is a normal weight um but they altered costumes uh for her because they didn't want her wearing like the traditional regina um like leotard halloween costume um, there were apparently comments made to her about her weight, uh, from people in the creative team. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was really horrific. And she's talked about how it like basically made her develop an eating disorder. And you can also, I think, very easily see why playing a character like this would already lead into that. Because I think that the thing that has aged like worst in this whole story is the whole plot line around like, and then to get revenge on regina will make her fat um well, and really... i think that they no, don't do a good job in the musical of showing that like the issue is not her gaining weight the issue is her perception of herself 
And I that's, don't think that that comes across. Yeah, because that, that is the case in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's not, she keeps saying, I want to lose three pounds. I'm going to lose three pounds. Yeah. And, but she like can't stick to a diet because like, she's a teenage girl. Like th- these right. things happen. And, but the, so they give her the things and it's not, she doesn't even visibly gain that much right. weight. But when people tell her, she's not even upset. Or and like then the people tell her like, oh, those of, make you gain weight. Or like the ridiculousness of that store that only carries sizes. Right, yes. Size. One, three, five. Like, it's a joke. Yeah. You like, can try yeah. Sears. Right. Like that it's a joke of like whereas yep. the slime tutorial I watched, it seems like <laughs> it's a like actual I don't know. I I agreed on that point because it's just the scene. Of her on the treadmill. Of her on the treadmill. Oh my god! Her pants rip, and they and they take a picture of it and plaster it on the screen. The way that they do the Halloween, Halloween, excuse me, no Christmas dance number. Um, and redoing it to where like the issue at hand is that she's like too heavy to do the lift part. Um, which is very weird in. They tried even from the musical, like on stage version, to like clean up the musical a little bit for the movie. There's several yeah. line changes. <laughs> um, one of which I do appreciate that they changed. Um, the original line is what is it? And I never weigh more, never than, weigh 115. more than 115. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the schools that have done Mean Girls as like a school musical have used the line that they use in the movie, which is the like your the filters you use look just like me which i actually think does like make even more sense for gen z um because like they have a bigger issue around the use of like filters and like editing images on social media than they do even around like an arbitrary number idea of size like which is the other thing like i tell me if y'all agree with me on this but like Regina George wouldn't be on a treadmill. No, she'd be yeah. like on a Peloton. Yeah, it, yeah. if anything, if she any, would be on anything. a Peloton. I mean, because like she's not the kind of girl who works out. She is the kind who is just naturally beautiful. She does also, not believe she has to work out. <laughs> we could also talk about the fact that Regina George would not be caught dead with elf makeup. Miss no, Man would I, have yes. the Dior <laughs> lip oil. Like, the product placement in this film is wild. Like, at the very least, at the very least, she would have, wait, what's uh, rare? At the very yeah, least, like rare, it would be rare beauty. Fenty yeah, beauty, like, come something on. like yes. that. You know, yeah. R.E.M. Like, beauty? Right, but like, Miss Regina George is not using Elf. And I do think that, like, if they wanted to get that product placement, it would have worked really well if to Katie see that, it. like, well, Katie, or even if that's what, like, Karen and Gretchen have. Yeah. Or and, even Janice, for Christ's sake. Like, even if, you know, if they have these products that are so obviously dupes of what Regina's using. But I think that the product placement is just so egregious and it's part of what makes it seem so cheap honest it made me think of do y'all remember in gossip girl how there was that time period and i can't remember which season it was where the product placement was just like out of mm-hmm. the oh, world i mean, I like, mean it always like, was frankly <laughs> okay no but do you remember there's a scene oh my god i wish i could remember what part it's in but there's like 
a pyramid of vitamin waters like yeah. on a table oh, in Blair's room. God, yeah. That's what this movie is giving. Like the, the way that they're holding world. things. Like even like well, the it is giving soda. It's giving direct to streaming original, which is yep. what it was originally intended to be. <laughs> I have seen so many teen girls on TikTok say that it looks like a lifetime movie. I yeah. mean, like they're not wrong. Exactly. But, and I not. and I don't know like how to even quantify it other than like it just looks cheap. It just looks cheap. It, everything like the, about like and look, that could thoughts. be the yeah. iPhone shot. Oh my god. Honestly. Like it could be an aesthetic choice. You know, like yeah. you could want it to look like plastic. Like plastic is forever. Blah blah blah. But like, we yeah. also should talk about the costuming and how bad some of it is because like I look so much of it looks like she Shein. is a beautiful woman, but a couple of those costumes, Renee Rapp, I Renee Rapp would better. sue. Like I, I would sue the costumer because they like don't like you. Costumes were funded by Shein. Literally, <laughs> like I don't know why they didn't stick with more of the costumes from the musical because, like, the all white outfit would have slayed. The white the... outfit would have slayed, and and the the best, like, genuinely, I think outside of like the the dance, the spring fling, mm-hmm. the best she looks is during World Burn when she's in the exact costume from the original movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, and I will say, maybe this is controversial, I actually like the musical costume for that bit better. Um, it's because, like all black. Yeah, and it's, it's not like, a like turtleneck, the, isn't it? It's a turtleneck. Oh yeah, the turtleneck, Which feels right, much yeah. more like I'm like It feels very like Bond villain almost. Yes, yeah. Yes. I did it like It feels that. like her fully stepping into her villain moment. Um, which I like, I love. I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. Um... <laughs> And I, I kind of wish that this movie let Regina be more of a villain because it didn't let her be like fully an anti-hero, but it also didn't fully let her be the villain, it felt. Well, it lets none of the plastics really be mean at all. Okay, Karen and Gretchen, I was like, these are two perfectly fine girls. Like, yeah, I mean, and, nice and the thing is, is like in the in the musical, like in, in the musical in general, none of them are particularly bad. No. But like it and it makes sense for Karen and Gretchen because like they're followers Mm -hmm. and in the conception of this like of the musical anyway like they're just followers they're following Regina because of their own personal issues but they take away their lines of singing in Meet the Plastics Mm -hmm. so that we don't know that I feel like they're all supposed to be mean we do not see Gretchen or Karen be mean even once. And both of the like my biggest issue with the musical is that it takes out the two scenes where we really see that Regina is mean, which is a scene yes. at the mall with also like it's mean, but also hilarious when she calls that girl's mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like honestly, iconic. Like we stand an evil bitch. Okay. <laughs> like when she does shit like that. And then the and I'm sorry, like I know it would be difficult to do on stage, but how do you cut the four-way call? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm so like and it's easy enough to do that. Like with iPhones. Of the- like, of the room 
And yeah. it's not like you can't do that with iPhones. Like, it's not like that dope joke is so dated that it wouldn't work at yeah. all. And, like, that is where you really saw how mean all three of them were to each other. Yeah. And it's when you notice Katie, like, really getting in the middle and going, like, oh, like, to survive in this group of girls, I'm going to really have to become them. And I think what really makes it break whenever you don't have a Karen and a Gretchen who are also mean is in the adaptation of the movie is that in the musical, there is the sense that Katie is not just doing what she's doing to get revenge on Regina for her own reasons, but there is the sense that she is like, she wants to like free Karen and Gretchen from her, especially with the song Mm. fearless where it's kind of like, yeah, she's, we toppled her. You can do whatever you want. Now you can wear your vest, Karen. And by which makes it even funnier than when they go back to her as like, no, we need someone to follow. Okay, literally. But it feels like in the movie, the movie musical version, by cutting the song Fearless, they've taken away any sense of Katie having any like altruism or any sort of good intentions. And like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Obviously, Regina's a bitch. And obviously, they're not really friends. But it is kind of shady to get with your friend's ex. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, Katie's not entirely in the right. I And I think if you don't establish Regina as enough of a bitch, then it really seems like, no, she has a point. What I, like, keep seeing, like, the discourse around this movie, I remember reading the new york times review of the musical and the entire time if you go back and read it ben brantley is like yeah i mean not that i'd ever side with regina but and then like makes some like but kate's kind of awful and then it's like but you know not that i'd ever side with regina like it just keeps like ben brantley walked away from that show being like regina's the hero and I think that's the thing is, like, the the movie has enough, like, complex dynamics of Karen and Gretchen being followers because it's representing, like, the fact that that's who. And especially when it shows, like, them the next year when they're not part of the plastics anymore. Yes. Like, and it shows, like, the greater themes of, like, the lengths people go to for popularity and for what. Yeah. And well, like, and how they like, all find their place eventually, right. where they fit in and can be them their real selves. Right. Even like, Regina, which the musical in I, both of its forms does not give her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this, I, like the what made the movie so smart is that it makes commentary on the fact of like how arbitrary. Mm-hmm. high school drama is right whereas i think the musical wants you to take it really seriously yep. and it's I, I mean i don't know it's this thing of just it's a bad disney channel movie with <laughs> token lines that like and also that's the other thing i take issue with and this is generally my problem with movie to stage at musicals as is is like there are always certain lines you got to hit right there are always certain like quotes that have to like make it in and the 
all of the big ones for Mean Girls feel so forced. Like the Glen Coco yep. and I want my pink shirt back. Like they cut my favorite line from the movie, which is, oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work, but that's okay. They cut they my put favorite it back. part. Do they, they cut, cut my favorite Wait, no, they didn't. No. It, I was, it was say, someone I asked else. my sister and she said no. No, they, they um, said someone else, I think. My favorite part of the musical on stage, they cut for the movie musical, which is when Gretchen is telling Katie about Regina hooking up with, what's his name, like Shane. Yes, yeah, Shane like, Moment. No, they're both in the costume. Yes. Um, <laughs> I will mourn that line forever. But I think that part of what like really doesn't work for Mean Girls as a musical is that they're too clearly trying too hard to hit those lines. Whereas if you take, you know, two, I'll say it better, like movie to musical adaptations, Heathers and Beetlejuice and look at those and they managed to hit a lot of the big lines in a way that feels natural and when it doesn't make sense to hit it they're willing to let it go or and even, instead yeah no I was gonna say or even Legally Blonde yeah and they're willing mm-hmm. to instead make their own iconic lines like I'm sorry mm-hmm. but at this point I feel like it's at least within a theater crowd and like even like a general theater you know liking audience um I feel like there are lines from Legally Blonde, especially from the musical that are like as iconic as the ones from the movie. Um, Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. I don't think the musical like got enough iconic moments of its own. mm -hmm. They're all borrowed, except for like, I frankly think that everything Damien does in the stage show is iconic. Um, But like. There are little yeah. things that they do, like the the one option, like if you really want to get a line in there, like you make a song out of it, the bend and snap yeah. from Legally Blonde, that you don't mm. need to say the bend and snap and do the exact scene from a movie. You turn it into a musical number with that as mm-hmm. the refrain, or you just like do it, just do the c- couple lines of dialogue exactly as they were in the movie which they do in like nearly all of the disney broadway musicals yeah right and but they seem to like i don't know they seem to just like not they wanted to specifically not just copy from the movie which is like weird because it's like almost an unimprovable script on the level of dialogue anyway like I feel like what the issue is, and I actually, I could compare it to the Disney live action remakes in that the ones that have turned out better are the ones that are willing to fully step away from the previous movie, like Kenneth Branagh's 2015 Cinderella, um, and not try to be a carbon copy of something that is already great and still can be appreciated by people. Things that I think try to stick too close, like The Lion King, like beauty and the beast um (laughs) end up failing because it feels like a you know inferior copy of something that already exists and i think that that's why like something like beetlejuice works so well is that it keeps all of the like most important things from the film but it completely completely different 
it yeah. completely and it redoes keeps, the plot. It keeps the spirit. Yeah. Right. And I think like, you know, something like Newsies also completely redid like all the inner character workings and, and redid mm-hmm. a bunch of the characters, but kept the general plot. Yeah. Um, something like kept a lot Heathers. of the dialogue too. Yeah. But something like Heathers, you know really changed up what themes they were emphasizing with it and i also think heathers is a great example of like you don't actually need to update your time period to be relevant to teens today i think that was Um, the problem i think they tried to do another heathers but they also wanted it to be you know because they wanted it to be broadway and not off broadway they had Mm -hmm. to make it sellable so they're like oh well we'll youthen it up we'll make it for today's kids and today's mean girls but i'm sorry like tina fey and jeff richmond you are not teenage girls of the current day you do not know how they speak and neither does Nell Benjamin, who did the lyrics, like, no, and which, which it's kind of like Legally Blonde, didn't she? Yeah, Nell Benjamin did Legally Blonde, and like, not that Le- I think Legally Blonde is a great musical, but like the difference in quality between the lyrics of Legally Blonde and Mean Girls is like steep. Like <laughs> Legally Blonde has some songs that I think are like I could live without them. Uh, what is the one like Shark in the Water? I'm looking at you. Oh, um, like no, does no, 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 not no, no, no. have shark in the water. I'm so sorry. That is the most accurate representation of law school I've <laughs> ever seen. In <laughs> okay, yeah, but they needed musically to do more with that because it like brings the energy of the show way down. That's, I'm like, well, oh. so did law school. So I think in the fair. high school version they cut. That yeah, song. they cut it. Yeah. Um, like, but like, um... but like, my point being like. There are songs in that that are like, meh, this is fine. But there's nothing Nothing where I'm like, this is laughably bad. Like, yeah, I feel like, okay, I do want to say, in defense of Mean Girls, the movie, the musical, the musical, the movie, I don't know. Feels like the high school musical series, like, title all (laughs) over again. Um, There is some good in it. I actually think, for the most part, the casting is really good. And I'd like to declare one very big exception. I'd like to declare the entire cast innocent because I do not blame the person who was miscast. I blame the casting people Mm -hmm. um, because she's so clearly miscast. Um, But like, I think they found a perfect Damien and Janice. I think they found a perfect Regina. I also think, like, Renee has something about her that she is able to be mean in a way that feels real for today's teenagers. Um, As someone who has, like, recently still been around teenagers. Like, it's it's a different brand of mean these days, I swear. Yeah, Um, I think that was something that bothered me, like, with the musical in general. I'm like she's too obvious that she's like being fake and mean and like whereas like rachel mcadams was like she seemed genuinely nice and then she would turn around and be like that is the ugliest effing skirt i've Mm -hmm. ever seen i honestly i do think that teens today are a little bit more direct and i think like we could talk about how that comes from having grown up on social media but um i think that like I cannot remember her name off the top of my head. I'm very sorry for this, but the girl who plays Karen is incredible. Avantika. She found, Avantika. She found a whole new way to be dumb. 
Um, I, and I love li- literally, literally, and it, she's so good. She and reinvented being dumb. I like, really, Karen was that was one of my favorite performances when I saw yeah. it on Broadway. I thought she, the way she played dumb, was so great. It was really just like just standing there and constantly staring like into the middle distance, like. I should know exactly what to say, but I don't. So I'm just going to wait for it to fly by. Yep. And it, it's, I, it's so it's funny. It's so good. And I am, I was shocked that they found a way to do the opening of Sexy, which is yes. by far the funniest moment on in the stage show. It's, like, they killed it. Like, got applause. And they found a way to do it on film that works and I couldn't believe it yeah and I okay I love 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 that Ashley Park was in it I thought that was so fun um also like for her to not have basically two minutes of screen time but my god love and prayers to her because she's currently recovering from illness um all of that said I think that the biggest issue with the cast obviously um is God. how do I, is it angori rice angori, is that yeah okay um she i will again refer to the teens on tiktok i saw one who said that her stupid with love sounded like if katie had gotten a lobotomy um and they're right like it was a lot of like yes queen give us nothing <laughs> And I don't, again, I don't think it's her fault necessarily. I think that yeah. they threw her in there with these powerhouse performers who have so much charisma. Like, you know, mm-hmm. acting next to Renee Rapp with that voice and that fan base was never going to be easy. And um, also just that star power. Like, sorry, like yeah. Renee Rapp sort of bends all the light to her whenever she's on exactly. screen. Exactly. I really wish, and Dan, I know that you and I talked about this. I really wish that they had cast Sabrina Carpenter as Katie in the movie. Like, maybe they tried to get her and she said no, but um, she's really a, another star on the rise. She and Renee were in Mean Girls together yep, for together. like three, whole three performances. days. Yeah. <laughs> um and i think it would have been a great way for her to actually like get to play the role that she you know yeah got ready to play and i also think that she is someone who you could because i've seen her in the couple of movies that she's done and you can make her seem Mm -hmm. sort of unassuming in the beginning but then she has the charisma to believe that she could be the next regina george she is very olivia newton john and grace mm -hmm. and i think that's the issue is like this katie never felt like a threat like i don't know why a man would be interested in her no (laughs) she's so bland and boring and dull lobotomized in in all the dialogue scenes and she just like has this look on her face like she's perpetually confused like girl i know you've been living in africa for the past while but you have been living on planet earth like the behavior like general behavior should not be this alien to you her seeming that unused to humans honestly starts to feel a little bit racist like what are you trying to say about africa like do you not know that there's people there like like okay (laughs) the thing that the thing that kills me though like it's the same i have the same problem with her that i have with emma watson in the live action beauty and the beast which is just like she has a pleasant singing voice 
it's very nice. I wouldn't mind it, you know, if she was singing me a lullaby or if, like, she's a good if karaoke voice. If she was playing voice. Gretchen, like, it wouldn't be an issue. If she was playing Gretchen, it would be great. Yep. But the thing is, when you're not a singer and she had, like, she took lessons and, like, really prepped for this role. So she was not a singer before this. And when you're not a singer and you have to do it on screen, there is just something about the about the f- musical phrasing that yep. always feels off. Like you are, I was told to sing it this way. And I, this note is held for exactly one, two beats, one, two, cut. Yeah. And like, there's no sense of flow or just musicality. musicality. <laughs> and I don't want to use that word because like, it can be, it feels very like, well, what do you mean by musicality? But like, she she, she lacks it. Like it, yeah. everything is so like, it's strict one, two, three, four. There's no sense of like any of the interesting things that like you see Renee Rapp doing or mm-hmm. that you even see like, um, Like like how like you see Auli Cravalho do as Janice. Yep. Like, there is something about there. They have been around music. They know how to sing. They know how to act while singing and still make it sound good. And I, like I say that she sounds auto tuned, not because her voice sounds artificial, but because like the speed of it is yes. artificial. Like how like in the the thing that introduced the world to autotune was Cher's song believe and the only thing yeah. about it is that one thing do you believe where it her voice just shifts between two notes too fast for the human voice yeah. and that's what i feel like with anyone who's not a singer first when i see them in a movie musical it's just like they cut off every note too fast it's inhuman um, I have two quick things to say, and then we should talk about our other, like, m- musical out of m- musical movie adaptations that didn't come out in the right order. Um, but one I just have to say, her delivery of like, "I am filled with calculust" will haunt my dreams. Um, because that line does not work if you don't like give it some energy. Um, but also the last. And also, thing she that... swallows the tea, so you don't know she what does. she's it saying. It just kind of sounds like she's with calculus. <laughs> yeah, which is confusing and concerning. Um, the other thing that I have to say before we roll out of this discussion, um, before Dan and I like spend the rest of the night <laughs> dissecting every minute of this film, um, is them changing what Janice is called to Pyroles. Mm. is one of the funniest choices i've ever witnessed um mostly because i just don't think that like les is used in that way um anymore you mean yeah like by like by today's teens like um if anything like i feel like it would have made more sense to throw like queer or something there um it just every time they said pyrolez i was like i'm going to die um and i understand them not wanting to use a slur like i totally get that but 
I, I just cannot believe that an entire creative team could not come up with anything better than Pyro Les. Yeah. It just doesn't sound like something that you would call someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> I will also say, like, to say one thing about the movie that I liked. Yeah. I I want to give... Uh, we, we talked about how uh, wrong the costume team did by Renee Rapp yes. but uh, I really liked how they and the the hair and makeup team like sort of gradually made Katie look more yes. like the plastics it really it made me think about her her arc in a way that I didn't actually in both the original movie and the stage show which is like that she is literally being socialized to become mm -hmm. like these girls like this is what society is telling her to be yeah. and she's the way she slowly eases into it and i think that was one thing about Ingrid Rice's performance that did kind of work was that like how like when she does become regina she feels very uncertain about it and doesn't like she's acting it she's very yeah. clearly acting it without feeling it the same way inside whereas like with Lindsay Lohan and to lesser extent Erica Henningsen in, in the original stage show like they just kind of felt like oh I'm Regina now so I'm Regina I'm yeah. the new Regina and I'm just mean now and here yeah. it felt really like well I guess this is I have to be mean now because that's what that's what girls do yeah and I think I that's think a, worked. yeah I think that worked but everything else about her performance didn't. So yeah, all right. <laughs> and also, it is a fucking crime that you have the one Tony winner yeah, in this is. cast, Jaquel Spivey, and you take away yeah. all of his songs, which also just songs. happen to be the best songs in the show. So there it is. Fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, we're gonna stop talking about Mean Girls. I'm for those listening. I have literally been holding my inflatable Mean Girls microphone. Every time I've spoken, um, I'm going to throw it now so that we can talk about other movies. Yeet. Um, because we do here. have to talk about other movie musicals because like, yeah, Mean Girls is so emblematic of why movie musicals fail, but there are many that do it well. Right. And we wanted to keep ourselves narrowed down. So we are specifically talking about, um, stage musicals that have been adapted to the screen not original musicals um and we're gonna try and keep this brief because i feel like any one of these we could go on about forever but if you're listening and there is one of these that you would like us to elaborate on and do a whole episode about like let us know because i feel like with most of these we'd probably be open to it so if you want a Cats episode, hit us up. <laughs> oh, what's this? Live comment, oh breaking news. A Cats episode, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Let me talk about how my boy Mr. Mistopheles was wronged. Lex is so going to go create wronged. a burner account just to request Mr. Mistopheles stand 2212. <laughs> um, why the fuck did you take all the energy out of the best song in the musical? Um, No, but... Okay, do we want to start? <laughs> let's let's start with some of our favorites. Yeah, um, bring the energy back up after me. Bring the girls. energy up. Okay. Yes. Um, 
Okay, so um, what's very strange to me is that when it comes to like my favorite musical movies <clears throat> that are adapted from stage shows, my favorite, I have a feeling that, because I've been thinking about this all day, I have a feeling I'm going to say this is my favorite, and then I'm going to think of one and be like, I'm so stupid. Um, because that always happens. Like literally two days ago, I thought about how we talked for like six hours about our favorite things of 2023. <laughs> and I didn't once mention The Last of Us. So yeah. um oh. first of all, I'd like to retroactively say I loved The Last of Us. <laughs> long, long time is in the culture. It's in cabinet. the culture cabinet. Pedro Forever. Pascal, you are always in the culture cabinet. Love you five ever. Pedro um, Pascal, you will always be famous. Pedro Pascal, feel free to do a movie <laughs> musical. We'll talk about you um we promise to only say nice things even if even if it's bad i will only say nice things yeah um but no so here's the thing okay so my favorite movie musical is much like mean girls in the sense that it was first a movie and then a stage musical and then an adaptation of the movie musical like mean girls I recently watched it and was like, this is low-key very problematic, but I love it so much. And I'm talking about the 2007 adaptation of Hairspray. Okay. Okay. Look, okay. It's a sugar rush in cinematic form. Okay. It's great. Here's the (laughs) thing about Hairspray is number one, I don't actually think it handles racism very well at all on top of being a great savior story it's trying to say which again i get it particularly in the entertainment business fat phobia is very very real i get it i'm not saying that like that you know that there's i mean we just had a whole conversation about renee rap right like i'm not saying it's not a real thing it is a bit different than racism though (laughs) um particularly during the 60s in baltimore I think that's what you get from trying to make a genuinely sincere musical comedy out of a John Waters film. A, exactly. <laughs> um, Some nuance will be lost. It is definitely like where I understand that this was a different time, but we are past it being like a novel concept that the hot guy goes for the plus size girl. Like we are, we are past that. I could write a novel about how Hairspray doesn't hold up. The second you put on not the Broadway cast album, I could give less of a shit about the Broadway cast album. <laughs> the second you put on literally any song from the 2007 film adaptation starring Zac Efron and Nikki Blonsky, clear the way. Clear the way. I'm about to bring the house down. Um, Without Love stays on my Spotify rap. That, um, without love, that is one of the best movie musical numbers of the so first good. decade of the aughts. It's um, so good. I gotta tell you, 13-year-old me, a Corbin Blue girly, watched Zac Afron perform Lady's Choice and was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> it was that James Marsden. Like, you know, 2007, in the summer, two movies came out. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix I'm pointing to my Zoom background and Hairspray. Both and no movies. other movies. No other movies came out that year. Um, That's actually, it. one did. One that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. 
Um, but two two movies that made me go, uh, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? What's wrong <laughs> with me? But um, I I like I don't know. I think it also, which I know this is a different category for later, but it's one of those where I think it's better. I've seen the stage musical and I hated it. Um, yeah. I think it's better than the movie. I just think it's so well casted. I will say, when I was 13, I was unhealthily obsessed with Hairspray. I've always been one to kind of hyperfixate on a movie. And I would watch Hairspray every single day after I... I was severely depressed when I was 13. And the only thing that would cheer me up was Hairspray. And so... I mean, yeah. Um, it got to a point where I stopped doing my homework. I don't know if I should be sharing the story, oh, but... God. It got to a point where I stopped doing my homework and would just watch Hairspray. And what mean, my there are worse things it. you could be doing. <laughs> and what, what my parents didn't know was when I was watching Hairspray, I was reading Hairspray fanfiction. <laughs> oh my! And um, wow, so Alex. Literally, like, just stopped doing my homework. So then my teachers started calling my parents and being like, "Oh my god, hey, she's failing!" And so they banned Hairspray. But what they didn't know was I actually put my copy of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in, in the box, Hairspray DVD case. And then gave it to them, and then put hairspray in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Oh my And they God. never checked. They never checked, and I put it in my backpack to be double safe. So I'd literally take it to school every day. And so <laughs> then the Mean Girls took my backpack and no! it because that was a thing people do to bully each other in 2007: is dump all your yeah. backpack contents yeah. off. And so my order of my copy, so they thought, of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix spilled out. And they were like, oh my god, what a nerd. You're carrying around a copy of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. But it wasn't. It was Hairspray. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Anyways, I love John Travolta in that movie. Okay. I yield, I yield my time. Okay, so here's the thing about John Travolta in that movie. Like, it's very uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's still, like, so sweet i love when like, um i love when queen latifah's like you don't have to be running off so fast and he's like well i do i left my urn on yeah I left my urn on. <laughs> the, the baltimore accent is so like it's so bad too but, like, but it's so like he's so sweet and christopher walken oh my god it's like so weird so i can't i can't and <laughs> I mean, like he's always weird but he's so weird in that movie i know when like John Travolta's all sad because Michelle Pfeiffer was rude to her, and and Christopher Walken's like, <laughs> I that movie is just so cute, and it's also like like I said like it's a sugar rush in cinematic form. It just instant serotonin. The other one that it. it well, no, I'm gonna leave that one because that one okay. is appropriate for later. But like my one of. Another one that I think is similar in that, like, I don't know how they made the the movie version so much better than the stage show. But have either of you ever seen The Sound of Music on stage? Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> and yes. it's boring. long and boring and it's terrible. You, it's awful. It's Some somehow they cut the two the show's two best songs mm-hmm. and came up with a better movie musical <laughs> yeah and like i don't know how i 
I have a theory that the only reason it's better is because of the fact that they shot like on location in Austria and like you can see the outside and you can hear the sound of music and the other is just like Julie fucking Andrews. That's the only explanation I can give. And Christopher Plummer. Well, yes. And also like Christopher Plummer, Um, sir. Like- No, this is this is a good movie. You do not get to call it the sound of mucus. He and could also, have stopped acting after he did he this could movie, have but he acting didn't. After thirty, he could have called it a day. True, but because he like, I will be honest. Like, yes, Captain Carrick Von Trapp is like super problematic, but also take me now but like like, raise your hand if he played a part in your sexual awakening (laughs) raise Um. raise like could get it 10 out of 10 (laughs) could still get it like i'm sorry those eyes are just like here's the dance scene there there is there is something about the connection between the two of them that is so adult it's so magical like I, the, I, everything about that film just like it's one of those alchemic moments where. Okay, I feel like we should just keep talking about movie musicals that are better than the stage musical because I feel like the other obvious one from I do have two more, but the other really obvious one other than Sound of Music is Grease, yes. which yes. is a terrible <laughs> musical on stage. I'm it's sorry, so it is. Boring. It's well. Okay, it's not I don't. Good. I don't think it's terrible on stage. Just the problem is that it's so often performed by teenagers, and they yeah. don't or like community. We are, we are now like over half a century away from the 1950s. They have no clue how what any of that is supposed to look like. So that's my that thing about Grace. Like, Forty-year-olds to play teenagers, and you know what? It holds up. It does. It does actually because I, we still have forty-year-olds playing high schoolers today. Exactly. We'll <laughs> talk about one of those musicals. Oh, well. <laughs> I um, so I love Grease the movie again so so much. That is like a comfort film for me. Um, yeah. I have to say though that it has one of my favorite lines in any movie in the sense of like what a strange interaction is normally i don't know where sandy's supposed to, i don't remember where sandy's supposed to be from in the stage musical oh, i know yeah. when they did grease live they got mormon looking julianne huff to be like i gotta go to back to salt lake city i know <laughs> but well, okay movie, also grease live guilty was so pleasure. Good. i, I love, love it so live. much Live was the best tv yes still, yes like, it you know, was you know um, what i also liked for the live shows was hairspray live hairspray yeah, live. yeah hairspray good. live was also good yeah um but no so but you have olivia newton john playing sandy in the movie so she's yeah. like, oh, I have to go back to Australia. And then Australia. Um, Australia, <laughs> I'll never see you again. Um, oh, Danny. Then, no, Danny, don't spoil it. I have the whole thing memorized. <laughs> um, but uh, then he's like, Sandy, I thought you had to go back to Australia. And she's like, we had a change of plans. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's a completely different continent. Were they at the <laughs> airport? And their dad's like, hey. 
I decided I'm scared of spiders that are the size of rats. Everyone get back in the car. Sandy said, Dad, going to the airport tomorrow. And he said, airport? Airport? We're not going to the airport. I'm going to the airport. <laughs> um, no, I, um, I don't want to um, get into this again after I just shared a really embarrassing story of my youth. Um, Greece was how I found out about um, the birds and the bees. Like, I'd been given the talk, but when Rizzo has the pregnancy scare, I was like, now how's that? Oh my god. <laughs> my mom was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, she's not married. Oh no. And my mom was like, uh-huh. And I was Less. like. <laughs> and so that's how I learned about the birds and bees. Oh, Lex. Oh my god. <laughs> the most sandy thing you could have said. Truly. Oh, I- <laughs> You are Sandra D in that moment. I was Sandra D. Like, in high school, I had a phase where I ran with the popular girls, but I wouldn't do anything. So I truly, they called me Sandra D. Um, One time they were like, I had confessed that I never drank. And one of the popular girls was like, well, my parents aren't home tonight. Do you want to, like, come over? And I went, "Mm, the iCarly finale is tonight. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) They must have been savage to you in that moment. (laughs) They were. They were. I don't speak to hardly anyone from high school. Um, Um, Anyway. No, the music. The thing about Greece is that, like, it is dark. It is dark. Yes. Like, there's a pregnancy scare. They, like, they could die in that fucking drag race like they're also like legit on what they're like second third fourth fifth senior year like they're all idiots they're not going right (laughs) okay like like, there is is a sense of real stakes yeah and the thing is like everyone reminds remembers it it's just this like nostalgic fun thing but like you poke it just a little bit and you're like, wait, oh my god, this is actually like satire about that time. And it, like, I also it's... do think it has so many interesting things to say about. I mean, this is. I'm sorry to like put on my historian cap, but like the idea of the teenager really having been born in the 1950s mm-hmm. as a response to like the end of World War II and like the the culture that came out of that i think is so interesting and i feel like this movie despite some of the moon played by 40 year olds really captures that and captures what a period of uncertainty that time actually was even though it was sort of you know everybody acted like it was just like oh now everything's stable how like culturally and societally that was not true well like Martin uh, got her wallet full of marines who were yeah in korean war yep and, i yeah. love marty i love marty <laughs> no, i gotta yeah. say um teenage me was a sandardy um adult me is jan <laughs> that's i would be like that's here i come about to go make my debut as the cool kid and i inexplicably shove an oreo in my mouth <laughs> Okay, That's the thing I... about Grease, though, is every time I watch it, I'm like, these are the cool kids. Like, <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm like, she's yeah. like, we're going to rule the school. And she puts an Oreo in her mouth and then walks <laughs> a robot. <laughs> what? 
Also, I um to say again, um, I don't condone Scientology, and here I am paying John Travolta yet another compliment. Look, listen, John Travolta walked. He shredded that runway mm-hmm. performing Sandy so that yeah. Troy Bolton singing Bet on It could run. <laughs> it's true. It that is, is true, one of my though. favorite performances in a movie musical is John Travolta singing Sandy. I sang it to my poster of Corbin Blue when I was a kid. Don't it rewired it. my brain chemistry. <laughs> when he's, first of all, I'd like to think that, like, all these people are in the drive in. Trying to watch the movie. Granted, yeah. I know. they don't care. And this guy's like singing, like jumping through the projector. <laughs> I'd be like, could you sit the fuck down? I love it so like, much. This is it's 1955. Beautiful. I paid 25 cents for this, which is the equivalent of $10. Like, get out of here. But no, Grace is so, I'm going to have to, I might watch that this weekend. Grace is so good. And also Frankie Valley's song at the beginning. So good. Yeah, talk about a movie musical that, like, took some songs out and added songs for the movie that were legit better mm-hmm. than all yeah. of the other songs. Like, they yeah. really said, we have to make good songs for the movie version. And they did. Unlike I also know. I'm like, should I rewatch Grease? Oh, I'm there watching Grease. Again, um, like, there are many worse ways to spend your time. Another... Look, I, my favorite one that I do not want to rewatch anytime soon because it's fucking depressing is Cabaret. Mm. Cabaret's so good. Cabaret is, like, what legit one of the best films ever made. And I think it was an incredibly smart adaptation to cut all of the songs that didn't take place in the Kit Kat Club, just leave it. It really emphasizes the fact that the Kit Kat Club is reflecting and commenting on what is happening out in Germany. And I mean, Liza Minnelli, has has anyone been such a charisma ball (laughs) as her in that movie? Like she's literally just bouncing all over the screen just giving everything <laughs> i i have never i don't think i've ever seen someone be so free and loose in their movie debut like it's sick that that is her debut like mm-hmm. honestly like obviously she's judy garland's daughter like she could obviously it's in her blood right vincent minnelli right but like still it's it's insane. And Joel Gray is the MC, is a fucking legend. I yeah. and I just I I love that Fosse just said, you know what? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make up everyone in the audience of the Kit Kat Club in the most like ugly, off-putting makeup and hairstyling and force you to look at their faces in the most uncomfortable way so that you f- feel how awful this period in germany was and i love him for it i love that cabaret won best director in the year of the godfather i fucking love it i think it's yeah it it is it is such a ballsy movie still it still feel it every time i watch it i i still feel like shocked by it it 
it's so it's so great and a movie that like had a reason a genuine reason to cut the songs that it did and did it to improve the story like to streamline the story and make the whole concept of the show more cinematic it's a plus if no i notes. said that sally Bowles was one of my dream roles i could see it She's I can see it, Lexi. I always have to disclose. I know she's problematic as hell, but I first of all, she doesn't have to be a good singer. That's mostly <laughs> why I want to play her. <laughs> but I also think I, I, could this. I would not I could... maybe this time out of the park. Oh yeah. I would. Um speaking of other great movie musicals, but taking a far left turn from cabaret. <laughs> Uh, I think a musical that is good on stage but significantly better on film is Mamma Mia. I agree. Okay, so I was going to bring <laughs> that one up later. That was the one that yep. I was talking about um, just now about Hairspray, where yep. Mamma Mia for me is a problematic fave because I think it's actually a terrible musical. <laughs> yep. And I, I hated it when i saw it on broadway i was like i paid how much for these tickets to see a community theater level performance no no i was offended by how bad it was when i saw it on broadway i hated it so much but on film it's a fucking blast see like i will say we cannot forgive pierce brosnan's singing voice at all ever but like when you're gone uh, the rest of it listen i saw it in london and i thought it was delightful on stage um there was also an old man next to me who kept accidentally singing along and then apologizing to me um and i was like no sir you're actually this is the one musical where yes, i want truly. you to sing along like you're improving it actually mm-hmm. um but i do think that mama mia is at its essence like it's fun and that's like that's all that you can ask and that's what i love about it is that it's not it's not trying to be a serious musical yeah it It knows that that it's not a good musical it knows that the people who are there are like old old people from a tour bus Mm -hmm. the gays yep yep that's it (laughs) i did see a bachelorette party when i went to see it on stage a bachelorette Um, party there you go i like that which feels appropriate Yes. Um, but I think that the movie is iconic because you have all of these like great performers who are quite clearly drunk. They're all and, so and just having, having the time of their time. lives vacationing in Greece. Like you know, and like I I can't forgive Pierce Brosnan for how poorly he sings <laughs> because if you've ever seen him talk about that movie in an interview, he is fully aware of how poorly yes, he, he is. sings. He is yeah when i was 14 i was unhealthily so i'd moved on from hairspray and i'd moved on to mama mia incredible and i watched mama mia every day um and i had the dvd and the dvd had a like making of feature yeah it is so obvious that they are all so drunk and one of my favorite moments in it is they're interviewing stolen skarsgård and he's like they called and they said it's so good you want to be in mama mia i said what's mama mia they said it's a musical and i said oh sure and they said can you (laughs) sing and i said of course i can sing i'm gonna be on camera when you're on camera you can fly you can do anything on camera (laughs) sure i can sing oh god like he is so visibly and the other thing that kills me about mama mia (laughs) 
is that um Meryl Streep apparently when she's drunk speaks in an octave that only dogs can hear. Um, <laughs> because the amount of times in that movie she's like like she and also um the thing that kind of kills me is um I have another embarrassing story, but I'm gonna save it for off air. Um <laughs> I learned another thing about sex from Mamma Mia, but we'll talk about it later. Um, Was it during Christine Baranski's earth-shattering rendition of Does Your Mother Know? Because no, truly the world has not been the same since. No, um, no, I can't tell I can't tell this one. I will I will tell you all. It I learned what a word meant. And I thought oh. it was Well, what I will, word. <laughs> well, so I won't finish the line. Okay. But so if you, I hope y'all know it, but it's when um when Donna realizes that the three of them are like there and she's like freaking out and they just sang Super Trooper and um she's like, This is my daughter's wedding and I will not have it be ruined by an Oh yes. <laughs> I thought that meant a coup. Um <laughs> I later learned that word does not mean a coup. well because based on what was happening in that <laughs> Scene, context clues i thought she was like ah oh, this is a coup and so once no during, it... <laughs> well so then once during apu american history i was talking about a coup and i called it that and that's how i learned that's not what that means i'm but in any case wow uh, this it's... is this is this I'm is going... the damage that Christian schools do. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I'm sorry. Next week when I talk about that. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, no, Meryl Streep talking three octaves too high. Also, Meryl Streep, the, I, the, the end, like when it goes all slow motion. <laughs> I would encourage you if you're listening to go on YouTube and search Mamma Mia blooper reel because that's mm-hmm. it's and so there's good. This one where it's right after um Sam and Donna get married and Pierce Brosnan's like, We did it. And Donna go- or and Meryl Sheep goes, Well, we haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and Pierce goes, You're right, but there's time. Where's your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> so good like so look mamma mia is camp it is camp. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, is it is great. camp with a capital c and you know what even though i don't think it's a great movie like they're, they're literally like i do what it does it is shot it is shoddily made like i'm sorry <laughs> like there is some oh, it's really, because everyone really was drunk <laughs> exactly even the cameramen <laughs> and the people operating the boom mics okay but like the fact that because we have Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again exists, which is, gives which is it bonus points. Belongs in the Criterion like, Collection. <laughs> Mamma really Mia is. 2 is a fucking masterpiece, okay? It is. It's the best movie. It is better than Mamma Mia in every conceivable way. <laughs> Even though, um, I would just like to say that in the first Mamma Mia, um, after yeah. Donna says that she won't have her daughter's wedding upstaged by a coup um she like collapses on her bed and goes somebody up there has it out for me i bet it's my mother and that's, then at the end of Mama Cher rise up as if up from the dead she does it all the time 
Um, she'll resurrect herself however many times she wants. And um, just to sing Fernando, which for the record, yeah. whoever decided that Cher should sing Fernando deserves a really? million dollars. Truly. Yeah. The yeah, fact that, that she, after that movie, she recorded a whole album of ABBA covers. Like, I come on. It, it's the woman so is a genius. Listen, it. before we stop talking about Mamma Mia, we need to set this out. We're a trio. Mm-hmm. So between the three of us, like who's Donna, who's, who's Rosie, Sophie, who's, and who's yeah. Tanya? Yeah, sorry, who's Donna, Tanya, and Rosie? Because I feel in my heart of hearts that I know how this goes. I'd like to hear yours because I actually think an argument could be made for every person being each person. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yes, that's see, that's why I wanted your I literally can see it going all three, but no, I'd like to hear yours first. See, in my mind, Dan is Tanya. That yeah 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 because yes you're queen yeah <laughs> yes i'm rosie mm-hmm. oh, partially have... based on mama mia too. <laughs> i have a coup yeah okay yes in that yeah. case yes and then like when she's like my soulmate is kate um and then yeah lex you are donna you give meryl streep energy so Thank you. You do. I do speak in very high octaves when I'm excited. Um, <laughs> hey, listen. If you were suddenly like, I'm moving to Greece and I'm going to open a hotel, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Listen, um, I have my three men that I would want mm-hmm. to be my daughters. Um, exactly. Potential uh, husbands. Potential uh, fathers, which yeah. ironically, husbands, two fathers, have, husbands, fathers, all of the above. <laughs> ironically, two of them have the same first Holy name. That's crazy. That um, is crazy. Imagine. Anyway, <laughs> and here's what's mm, how how were you gonna do it though? Like, who did you think we all three were? Did you have a? Did you have a different? No, I mean, was, I agree the same. with you. 100%. I just didn't want to say I was Donna because I didn't want anyone to think I'm trying to say I'm the main character. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, I didn't think any. I didn't want anyone to think I'm saying I was a slut. Yeah, it's really funny if you think that. It's really funny if you think that. Um, you don't. I, know you that. that word has lost all other meaning to me because of two you slut. Two you slut. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you're like no, how many man. how many potential fathers does your kid have? And I'm like, two, yeah. you slut, two, you slut. And then I go, no, trash can. It's four. Um, <laughs> I want up Donna Sheridan. I know who the fourth would be. <laughs> I do too. I would say yeah. the three. You know the three. Mm-hmm. I know exactly which one. So first name. I know who name number one mm-hmm. is Harry. Yes. First name that's the same number two is Sam. Yes. And and, and he you know, is Bill. Is Bill. It's yeah. so perfect. Wait, okay, so but which of us are the three dads? Now that's <gasps> like now that's what I'd like Because okay. that is interesting Nicole because is Harry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, but Mr. That's... I'm spontaneous. Yeah, no. I was gonna say like you are Pierce Brosnan, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, you're Bill. I'm very Bill, yeah. That's the thing. You are the actual father. (laughs) You know, I actually... I believe stronger than I believe anything else in this whole world that Bill is Sophie's biological father. Bill is 100% the biological father. 
I yeah. mean, yeah, um, because also, look at him. The second one, I'm sorry, statistically, the amount of time she does it with each person. Exactly. I actually think yeah. about my just saying um i also would like to just say that um i that i am pierce Brosnan because i too can't sing it doesn't stop me i'm self-aware about it and one thing about me i'm gonna bring up something that has nothing to do with anything and another one of my favorite parts of that movie is when she shoves a thing of bagpipes into a closet and he goes i yeah. see you kept my bagpipes <laughs> what's that we never see these bagpipes in the second movie no. what are these what? does it matter no no he's also isn't isn't pierce Brosnan irish or something i don't think he's scottish he's definitely he's not scottish, definitely not scottish yeah. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know where he's from but it's definitely not scotland so what's he doing with no. these bagpipes he also would like to know. yeah <laughs> I, I randomly you know what if you hand this you know no lex i know what he's doing with them Mm-hmm. he got drunk and he ordered them on amazon which is something not which is you. why he, it's you yeah <laughs> yeah um i i won't i won't make us stay here for too long because i feel like we could do a whole episode on mama mia oh, um, totally but um which let us know in the comments if you want us to do means. an episode on mama mia and mama mia 2 and um, why bill is sophie's biological why father. bill is definitely the father I um, will just say, wait, I had a point to make it. It had to do with Pierce Brosnan and something Sam said about, it's not the bagpipes. Oh, no. Okay. So anytime you hand me a cough gun, which has not been too often. Okay. In the, like 15 years since Mamma Mia came out, if you hand me a cough gun, I will take it and I will swing it haphazardly. (laughs) You know, I love being on my own. You know, every day I wake up and I thank God that I don't have some middle-aged menopausal man telling me how to run my life, you know? I'm free and I'm single. I say that that every time. A few times I have have been handed a cult gun, it's because my dad was doing home improvement and I happened to be around and he asked me to hold the cult gun. And I can tell you what, Jim Williams appreciates a musical but he does not appreciate me doing that <laughs> well i think he should <laughs> it's a free yeah. performance <laughs> but yeah no at the drop of a hat i will perform all of donna's lines in that movie i love this for you and she yells at sophie and is like you know i really don't know why you're going off on me now <laughs> i say that <laughs> meryl streep's performance is genuinely unhinged it yes. is like the 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 roller coaster of emotions that she goes on mm-hmm. sometimes over the course of one line it's just like she is whiplashing <laughs> between emotions I, said, I can't and if i said it was her best performance <laughs> what then okay when they, i couldn't and... argue with you that's the thing like I, that it is a performance that completely defies common notions of good and bad just like the movie itself frankly like you know there is when no good, there is no film, bad, there is uh, only ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> when we went to film The Winner Takes It All, like, her rent like, was due. Um, seriously. She said, Sophie's choice, more like Donna's choice. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they said cut, when, and she heard. She, when she, gra- she See, grabbed when she... she grabbed her emotional support, Pajmina, yes! and she sprinted up those stairs. Literally, when she stairs, she like throws her out and runs. 
It's so good. It's so good. And the way he's standing at the bottom of those stairs and is like, (laughs) so. Also, how did she not get to the top of this? For the record, um, if I attended Sophie and Sky's wedding and I climbed all nine (laughs) thousand stairs up to that church, and then they were like, "We're still in love, but we're not gonna get married." Actually, I would never speak to them again. I would literally for I'd be all the sitting money in the back of that church puffing my inhaler being like, Y'all suck. It truly like the amount of money it would cost to go to that wedding. Yeah. And you have to walk all the way up those rickety ass stairs to like there's the no church. Elevator. That there's no elevator. That church is one room. It's so there's sad. no air conditioning. It is grease in the summer. Dan, you are walking just... up a thousand stairs. Dan, no reason for them to not get married. Dan, you just proved that you're telling <laughs> I know. <laughs> like Maybe. I would go up there if someone was carrying me on a chair. Like, yep, but that's the only way. <laughs> I would go up there if I sang a song about a man who broke my heart <laughs> and an emotional uh, support Pajmina. But I'm only going up there if I have an emotional support Pajmina. Otherwise, forget it. Um, Stay tuned yeah, for our next so episode, in which we actually <laughs> will be acting out all of Mamma Mia. I mean, we have it cast. We have the three dads. We have. We just need a Sophie and a Sky. Look, Hannah's Sophie, Hannah. obviously. Yeah. Like, so we just need a Sky. And I feel like we can get Sky. one. Yeah. <laughs> Please stay tuned. <laughs> Or, yeah, I'm <laughs> still not over the emotional support patch me nuts. <laughs> it's no, I was recently watching that with my roommate and I went, oh, look at her emotional support Pashmina. And my roommate could not stop laughing. <laughs> my was like, I won't go to a wedding without an emotional support patch me. <laughs> my God. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> We just spent like a solid 45 minutes on Mamma Mia. Uh, Does anyone else have any movies they'd like to discuss on this front before we start getting into the more complicated feelings we have towards ones? Yes. Well, have we talked all of our faves yet? Because I have faves left. I still have so many faves left because The Fiddler on the Roof is a perfect movie adaptation of a musical. That is an example where they said, you know what? We are not going to cut almost anything and we're just going to give you the musical as it was, but we're going to shoot the ever-loving fuck out of it and (laughs) that movie just looks so gorgeous it is an immaculate score they didn't need to change anything and they didn't and they got perfect an actor in the lead that made the fourth wall breaking work and i just love uh, look i'm jewish so i am contractually obligated (laughs) but it's a perfect movie it's a perfect show and it's a perfect movie um, I'm gonna speed round a couple. Mm. Uh, I think In the Heights is a perfect mm. example of how to adapt a musical from the stage to the screen. Best movie uh, musical of the 21st century. Incredible, also starring our friend Patrick Page. Um, mm. so he gets a shout out. Um, I I know that everybody's got their favorite movie version of this musical and a lot of people hate this musical but i was a little girl once and i loved this musical more than anything um and the 1982 version of annie is everything to me 
Um, I watched it over and over and over as a child. It was one of my earliest hyperfixations. Um, Carol Burnett in that truly like changed something within really? me. Um, I said, you know what? I want to be funny. Um, I it's perfect. Stay tuned for one day um, when Lex and I are in a production of Annie playing um, Rooster and Lily St. I'm Regis. playing Rooster. Yeah, I'll yes. be Lily St. Regis. Um, Dan, you can be Miss Hannigan. Uh- Happily. <laughs> Happily. No, I've been practicing be little Ms. girls Hannigan. for decades. Like- See, I wanted, I do want to be Miss Hannigan, but I think Dan can do it better, so I'm going to let fair. him play it. Well, um, that means you and I are Rooster and Lily St. Regis, so we're exactly. going to go clean up a kid. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and is and, one of my favorite musical theater songs of all time. It's so good. Little Girls is iconic. I also it's do so love good. the later version because I love Victor Garber. Um, I was going to say, I love the, Victor Garber and Alan Cumming and Kathy Bates, Audra McDonald. Yeah, Audra McDonald, our queen. Um, Audra McDonald should be in more movie musicals. I Please. said it. Um. Another one that I have to shout out before I go to my actual favorite is, and listen, I know that I am like this movie's only fan. I know. I'm aware. But I unironically love the last five years movie um, because they said, we're not going to worry about it being a movie. We're just going to cast two people who know how to act these roles. Um And I did one time on a phone call with Jason Robert Brown tell him how much I loved it. And he was genuinely uh, touched, which the fact that I made Jason Robert Brown like me is an achievement in and of itself. (laughs) Um, But I love that movie. I've watched that movie like 6,000 times. Um, Can I just say really quick about that movie? Yeah. Uh, My entire family watched that movie together and it was the first time any of us had been exposed to that musical. Oh, and when we watched "If I Didn't Believe in You," mm-hmm. um, when he went, um, I, um, I won't fail, so you can be comfortable, Kathy. I won't lose because you can't win. Yep. My dad audibly gasped <laughs> and went, "No, <laughs> I was tracking with you, Jamie, but you yep. just lost me." Yep. Oh my god! Walked out. <laughs> I love to see it. The last I, five years is an immaculate musical. I'm obsessed with that musical. Was a dream role of mine. Uh, Jamie is my like dream role of dream roles. So, Great. so catch us. Let's in get on this. Of the last um, five years. No, but truly, I also think Anna Kendrick is such interesting casting for Kathy. Yes. Um, because it does a lot. Like this is gonna sound so mean, and I don't mean it in any way, but it does a lot to balance the playing field. If you make Kathy like very annoying Uh, (laughs) you know what i mean like it helps it not be like so one-sided so one-sided i also it tracks because marriage story is one of my favorite movies so of course the last five years is one of my favorite musicals and i love that in this they were like we're in it for the performances and that's it um they said we're gonna give like a bunch of people a weird little cameo um you know who should I have love played it. Kathy? Who? Anne Ramada. Don't even. Um, not my queen, Anne Ramada. Anne Ramada, you can get in the um culture cabinet. Culture cabinet. Yeah, you you have a permanent spot. Room full of men, always men, usually gay. 
if you don't know Anne Ramada, go to YouTube. Please um, go to YouTube and search Anne Ramada. Thank us later. Um, and then my actual favorite movie musical of all time. Um, I'm curious if y'all know what this is actually. Uh, is something that is really interesting to me because it is a musical by a composer that I had previously never really cared for. Um, and then I saw this movie musical and I was like, oh, I was wrong. Um, it is Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course we know Tick, Tick, Boom. But No, I meant I didn't know if you knew that it was my favorite of all time. Oh, I thought you uh, meant like you didn't know. Yeah, if you of course I musical. know that you know. Yeah, no, it sounded like you said, I don't know if you know this musical. And I'm like, like what I thought musical you were gonna go for wouldn't we know? Of like, oh, it's no. an adaptation yeah. of some German musical. I just... Oh, my God. <laughs> no, sorry. This is going to be like the Three Penny Opera, right? my favorite uh-huh. musical of all time. <laughs> yeah. No, but like I am not a Jonathan Larson girly, or at least I wasn't. I guess I am now as I sit with my Zoom background of the recreated Jonathan Larson apartment. It's hard to be a Jonathan Larson girly when Rent has not aged well. Listen, if Rent has zero haters, I'm dead. (laughs) Um, Which we can talk about the Rent movie later. But um, I think Tick, Tick, Boom is like a perfect musical. I think it perfectly takes... um, a musical that is pretty bare bones on stage and makes something more out of it in a way that can only be done on film i also think that it's really interesting as an adaptation of the musical but also really bringing forward the ways in which the musical is an ode to the memory of jonathan larson now um and the way that they sort of use it to create this beautiful like eulogy for him um, I'm obsessed with the production design, which did actually recreate his apartment um, using photos and like information from his parents and stuff. Uh, I'm obsessed with the cast, obviously. Um, I think I have no idea. Okay, Andrew Garfield's best Andrew Garfield. performance. Period. It is. And he should have the Oscar. Thank you. And Vanessa Hudgens's best performance. Vanessa Hudgens's best work. Rhonda Hazy's hair so deserves an Oscar for that. Look, movie. look, there is world before the movie version Tick Tick Boom Therapy, and there is the world yes, after. Literally that. Um, Alexandra Ship, incredible. Ah. Green what green dress. Lives were changed. It's lives were changed. Um, but also like the amount of theater people in that movie the way that that movie became this just like oh the moon dance scene, scene like come on it's so good it's also, so good it that movie um gave us lots of content for andrew garfield remus lupin edits it's true but we should thank <laughs> it for that we should and also i have seen that alexander ship has become a popular fan cast for Lauren mckinnon no, for Mary McDonald. Um, I know. So I don't know the difference a lot of, between Marley McKinnon. We get and a lot of Marauders content from this movie. Um, do us I do when we do a Marauders episode. I do wonder if there's a direct pipeline to to Alexander Ship being in this movie and then being in Barbie, um, and the like beach doctor scene in Barbie is one of my favorites. So I thank it for that. Um, but yeah, it's not just my favorite like musical to movie adaptation it's also one of my favorite movies of all time then um, miranda give us another movie give please. us a, okay listen us, you can say you could do it you can say whatever you want about lynn but that man delivered with his directorial debut so yep. i will hear no slander um thank you very much 
And yeah, I am obsessed. Also, this is the year that I turned 30. Um, Same. So Tick, Tick, Boom feels more relevant than ever. Truly. Like, um, you don't understand the year I turned 30, 30, 90 all the time. Yep. All, oh, all the, the I'm going back and forth between routine. that and the Bo Burnham song all year long. There you go. I would just like a movie a... that. Sorry. Go. Were you gonna? Because I I realized I had two favorites I've not talked about. No, because I, I, so I have a few. In... So go. Okay, so um, I got so caught up in like my embarrassing hairspray story that I like forgot <laughs> my other favorites. Um, so the fun thing about me is that if you ask me to list like my favorites of some genre, it's that Billy Eichner meme where it's like, Miss for a dollar, name a woman. And so I Googled um, movie musicals and was like, oh, shit, there's so many that I like. Um, so some ones I just want to shout out real quick. Um, I So Matilda the Musical is one of my favorite musicals of all time. I notoriously love Matilda the Musical very, very, That's very, true. Much. very, very, very much. Um, and I thought that the movie musical adaptation was so well done um it did not hurt in this household we stand lashana lynch we stand lashana lynch um we really stand lashana lynch she was the perfect miss honey um we emma thompson was fantastic as the trunchbull um it didn't hurt that like matthew warchus directed the stage musical and the movie musical what I thought was so brilliant about it is that if you'd seen the musical, there were so many nods to it, but they weren't like forced. Like certain parts to the choreography, um, revolting children, you know, Red Beret Girl, we have to stand. Um, I thought Alicia Weir. Oh my who god. Played, we we love Red Beret Girl. Um, I thought Alicia Weir, who played Matilda, was just so adorable. My god, so, she was so cute. Um so good. And now leading a horror film coming out in april where she plays which, a ballerina vampire which like come on which um millie shapiro played matilda on broadway and then yep. was in hereditary so there is a um matilda to horror film pipeline um but the my one gripe with the movie is that they cut the wormwood songs um loud and telly telly is one of my favorite musical theater songs ever i love that song um and i was really sad that they cut it because i love the wormwoods um so i love that one yeah look the telly is it's like so my fun. favorite song i i I would do that number in auditions if i was still I, doing theater today I, I love that song so much but like i I get why they cut it. It, it would have been it would like, have been unnatural in the yes. it's like it's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It's again like listen, Gabriel Ebert um originated that role on Broadway and I'm in love with him. Um so maybe I just wanted him in the movie. I don't know. I don't know. Um he's the reason I own a ukulele. What? Um <laughs> anyway. Um and then when I also Googled it, this movie popped up and I was like because it does count because even though it was originally off broadway this was an adaptation of a stage musical to film and i am talking about 2021's cyrano 
which is one of my yeah. favorite films of all time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, I can't believe I didn't have that in, on my list. You're in so this right. house, we all stand Cyrano. Cyrano. Cyrano is actually, we have the poster of it on, on the front yeah. of the culture cabinet. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's true, though. Um, I, um, I loved it. It has such good music. Um, I mean, I love The National as is. Um, I think Haley Bennett and um, Peter Dinklage's voices like blend so well together. Um, I own the soundtrack on vinyl signed by The National, which is like my most prized possession. Um, it's visually a stunning movie. It got, um, it, it, it deserved so much buzz. It deserved all the hype and it got none. And it, my villain origin story is the fact that Peter Dinklage wasn't nominated, at least nominated, if not, didn't win for that movie. Um, he's so good in that movie. Um, so yes, I I would be remiss if I did not mention Cyrano. I'm just doing a quick scan of Cyrano um, is incredible. I I the movie means a lot to me because back when Nicole lived in New York, we saw a play um called Bernhardt Hamlet in which Sarah Bernhardt gives this like excoriating takedown of Cyrano and how like offensive the character of um Roxanne is and then I watch this movie and I'm like they heard they heard all the criticisms like Haley Bennett said don't worry I got this like and like turning her into a demisexual is just like the smartest choice and like the fact that like you can watch that whole movie and I have done this because I watched the movie too many times um but like the more I watch it the more I am convinced that in Haley Bennett's mind Roxanne absolutely knows what the fuck Serena was up to from oh, the jump. She knows he's in love with her. 100%. She just wants him to fucking say it. Mm-hmm. And he won't because he's an asshole. Instead, she just dry humps the letters. <laughs> I look. The horny letter song. The thing <laughs> Listen, is, when she's like walking <laughs> through the curtains and the letters are falling, like I'm here for it. It's- also, I need more is so good. Oh. I need more is an anthem. And the thing is, when I first saw Serena and I heard the horny letter song, I'm like, um, Nicole is going to relate to this song too much. <laughs> the way that Dan texted me after seeing it was like, oh girl, you're not ready. I was literally like, there's a whole song about how awesome it is to receive love letters from your paramour. It is the most Nicole Ackman coded movie. <laughs> so, you know. I, yeah. I, God, what a and, film. And what a film. Calvin Harrison Jr., like, so good. every himbo should be as good. He's we, he's just Ken. Yeah, he is he truly, truly. He 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 watched the Ryan Gosling good for him. Truly, and then like, and just when like the film is just like this warm hug that you're just like just feeling all the romance and love, it drops that song that the it's, soldiers sing, and you're like, so why the fuck am I? 
crying. The end is so sad. Like all oh, of it. It's so sad. From the war onwards. The entire last act is just like. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so good. I love that movie so much. I, it's, it's great. I recently pick. rewatched it. It was like, still hits. Still yeah. hits. Yeah. If we were, if that was the thing where like, where we're talking just like stage musical adaptations, this is one of the best. If we're talking Broadway specifically, then unfortunately, on a technicality, it gets cut. But it's so good. I guess technically, then has the last five years. Yeah, technically, the last five years and Tick Tick Boom don't count either because they were all off. But that's okay. And like well, Little Shop of Horrors would, as well. Yeah, and like Little Shop of Horrors <laughs> wouldn't count either. Although, you like I do love Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, the director's cut, which with mm-hmm. the original ending is mm-hmm. sublime. It's it's great. Sublime. We'll um we'll accept anything that would fit into the adapted category. How's that? Yes, I I like that. <laughs> so because uh, I gotta add, I I will say <laughs> that if you combine both versions of West Side Story together, it is the greatest movie musical ever made. But unfortunately, we have the aesthetically superior 1961 version that unfortunately had all the actors in all the brown face um and also had like the two blandest romantic leads imaginable oh my gosh (laughs) richard mamer is like the biggest nothing as tony you're like maria girl really you're about to give it all up for this like like i get that he's pretty but (laughs) he looks like an animatronic on the pirates of the caribbean he looks like the wax statue version of himself. And the way he's like, okay. Yeah. It's really <laughs> funny how they can never cast a Tony. They that can will never convince me that Maria would actually risk it all for him. Can I say something on that point? Please yeah. do. Say something on that point. Um, here's the thing: the 2021 West Side Story, mm-hmm. directed by Steven Spielberg. Um. <laughs> First of all, it has one of my favorite shots in any movie ever, where if you just took away the person that was in focus. The rain. The rain. Yeah. It's yep. so okay. good. But if on the point, do you that know puddle, who, my God. Do you know who would have been a good choice for Tony? I think in I mean. that movie. Hmm. Joe Carey. Yeah. Ooh. I saw that one coming. I he can see sing? it. Can he sing? Um he has a do I own four variants of Decide by Joe? I don't know what that is. You don't know what Joe is? Spelled no. DJO. How, no. how, how how have we been from he it's it's his... I literally I this is the first time I'm hearing you talk about this, and you talk about Joe Kiri a lot. So I'm <laughs> like, why how has this not come up in conversation? It's his music. I did not know that he, he has, has music. Well, then, yeah. Why didn't voice. he play this role? It's annoying. Honestly, he went into production because of Stranger, Stranger Things played, is the reason he didn't play Tony, and it, that's that. He played. You Mel know, Humor in a college production of Spring Awakening. Okay. I think about that yes. all the time. Actually, you know who else would have been? A you really said good Spring Awakening, Tony. I was gonna say that she said Spring Awakening. I would love to see John Gallagher Jr. as Tony. Like, Ooh. Ooh, I okay. could see it. I could oh, see yeah. Jonah Howard King as Tony. <laughs> okay, I, I hear, because I hear... Tony is an idiot at his core. <laughs> but see, and I feel like 
if he played him very Prince Eric, it would work. That's fair. But he also, Maria, and instead I of just see... like asking what the words in Spanish mean, he just points to things. I could also see my sock being a better Tony than Ansel Elgort. So, <laughs> you know who would be? You know who I want to see be Tony? You? <laughs> sure. Um, I'm. Please, I would never be Tony. I don't get feelings that quickly. That's true. Real people. Um, <laughs> uh, Ben Barnes. Yeah. Stop. I believe. Actually, um, I'm yeah. wearing my Oscar Isaac shirt, so I'm I'm here to put forward Oscar Isaac as Tony. He's a bit old, but sure. He's a bit old, but he can play Doc. Uh, remember when Darren Chris played Tony in the Glee episode? Was he oh, not a god? Listen, I'm just saying Tony, actually, yeah. anyone would be a better Tony than Ansel Elgort because A, he's Ansel Elgort with yeah. all of his issues. But B, um, when he finds out Maria's dead, <laughs> it was literally it's just the funniest scene in any that. movie that year. It looks like his face <laughs> is melting off. Yeah. It looks like they tried to like CGI tears on him. They were like they were like, oh, he's not showing enough emotion. They took that Photoshop tool that, like, lets you drag things down. Listen, there is so much he that is good work in that was film. like, fixed it. And there is so much that is ruined by Ansel, of course. It's true. I mean, um, Ariana DeBose is great in it. Rachel Zegler is great in it. Um, yeah. My boy, my son-in-law, Josh Andre Rivera, is great in it. Great in it. It's yes. literally just it should have no. been dead. you know who would have not melted his face off when he found out that maria was dead was joe Carey. i was gonna say i am <laughs> yeah it's mm, that's on my list words complicated faves <laughs> so uh, another one of my faves before we move on to our yeah. more complicated faves chicago mm. okay chicago, here's chicago is maybe i think the most creative adaptation of a musical to broadway at least in like modern times i am amazed every time at how like how succinctly it transports you inside roxy's mind mm-hmm. for that during that all that jazz like it is there it, i it's five edits over the course of two seconds and that's all it needs to tell you exactly what the visual style is going to be like for the rest of the movie and it's so the way it does that at the start is just so good i think rob marshall is one of the few cinematographer uh, sorry rob marshall is one of the few choreographers who is a great director because he understands how dance is going to look on camera and understands how to use the camera and editing to emphasize the movement in the biggest way possible so that when a dancer is like doing a fan kick with their legs he's also looking at them from above moving the camera around to emphasize the movement he is cutting on every stomp they make it's so perfectly crafted as a musical and i know that like people give renee zellweger shit Roxy Hart does not have to be the best singer. It works whether or not she's a great singer. Which and is I... why she's another dream role of mine. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. And also, like, 
Catherine Seda Jones and Queen Latifah are so fire so good in, in this movie. My John C. Riley's so good in it. I love his Mr. Selfie. So Chicago is one of those things where it's like, I think it is the definitive. Um, the movie is leagues better than the musical. I I don't know if it's like better better, but I think like it is packaged much better. I think like the the glitz and glamour and sort of like razzle dazzle of it, I think works much better on film than it does on stage. Because like it's weird because like the way the musical is structured, it should not work in on film at all because it's literally working in such a stage bound genre as like vaudeville. Mm -hmm. But they found a way to communicate that and to make it work on film. And because of that, I just love it. I think it's one of the best ever. Um, I hate to tell another story about my father, but here we <laughs> um, one time at a work function, there was one hot dog bun left and these two people were fighting over it. And my dad went, they both reached for the bun. <laughs> <laughs> And then someone oh said God. something about it. They were like, yeah, they got really upset. And my dad was like, understandable. I that that's a peak gym moment, I will. Oh, just wait till we get to Lamas. That's incredible. <laughs> okay, yeah. So problematic faves. I'm gonna start off with Les Miserable. Oh, okay. We'll because be look, it's still at the end of the day, it is <laughs> technically still Les Miserables. So Despite the fact that, like, the whole singing live on set thing makes all the songs sound completely wrong, it is still technically lame is. So the story works. Kind and of. I, <laughs> while I maintain that um, the singing live on set thing actually ends up causing more problems than it fixes. I do think that the way Tom Hooper shot all those solo numbers and like very close close-ups was really smart. And I think that really worked well to get you like into the heads of these characters. And I also think that the costume design and production design are just spectacular out of this world. It looks so good. The problem is who they cast in most of the lead roles. <laughs> The thing is that my relationship with the Lamus film is genuinely similar to that of Gretchen and Regina. Um, it is my greatest enemy, but also my first love. Like, yeah, like I saw it four times in the theater, and it is coming back to theaters in. We am I correct on that? For the um, for the anniversary for the tenth anniversary mm-hmm. is that right something like that yep. yeah um so either. I will be going to see it again um because the thing is I have such a love hate relationship with it because Les Mis is my favorite musical I have seen it upwards of like seventeen times on stage um and I think that they ruin so much of what is good about Les Mis with this movie partially because. The singing live on set thing only works if you cast people who are very well trained in how to sing this kind of music. Yes, um, which is why Samantha Barks gives the best performance Samantha in the Barks whole and, movie. And I, I hate to say it, but also Aaron Tveit. And Aaron Tveit, also despite Redmayne, having a mop kind of. on his head, <laughs> is great. <laughs> like, 
second yeah. favorite Andre Loss. My first favorite Andre Loss doesn't sing, but I think Samantha Barks is obviously great in it. I think Eddie Redmayne is surprisingly good. Really in it. good. Um, really good. If I, Hugh Jackman's Valjean has zero haters, I'm dead. The thing um, is, is like I actually don't like when that came out. Everybody was talking about Russell Crowe. Yep. And can Russell Crowe sing? No, no. But I actually think he's giving an okay performance despite it, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. The thing about Hugh Jackman is he can't sing and he's giving a bad performance. Like when he goes to find Cosette and she's in the woods <laughs> and he comes up and is like, show me where you live. <laughs> okay. So my thing about this is that like Russell Crowe, I think like he can sing. He just can't sing this. Yeah. And, there is, and, and I think he, the harder part to sing. And I think like he's he's really he's really trying but he's also trying Bless to make him. sure that you can't see that he's trying mm-hmm. so it comes off like a little like his performance is a little underdone hugh jackman on the other hand want very badly wants you to know how much work he is putting into this performance which is my because... problem with hugh jackman across the board in musicals yeah and he thinks he's god's gift to musical theater and that's my problem. my problem with hugh jackman in general yeah um but yeah, I think that like I I will openly admit, um, because I'll be using it whenever I go to see it again, whenever it's back in theaters. My bathroom break in this movie, because I have the world's smallest bladder, um, is Hugh Jackman singing Bring Him Home because I think it is genuinely painful. That that is and the worst the, bring him home I have ever of all time. Heard. And you know what kills me knowing that there's a bunch of men on that set? who sing it better than him because the reason i saw this in theaters four times the reason i love this act- this movie aside from like the actors are the barricade boys my beloved uh george blackton killian donnelly um alistair brammer frothy who is a star now um marvel universe and all uh hugh skinner um speaking of mamma mia 2 uh-huh. uh is a barricade boy here um and and let's just talk about they had the priest they they could have just had john column do it like i it it truly it's it's a i know that like seeing it again is going to be a very weird experience because i've now seen killian donnelly play valjean several times um and he's leagues better than hugh jackman could ever hope to be um joe here is better valjean than huge this is true I mean... um my favorite part of the whole film is after marius threatens to blow up the barricade um and uh killian as confer is like my life is not yours to risk marius um because me when i'm in the car with my friend and they do something risky driving um but also <laughs> was that when- that no, was, that wasn't at you. Rude. That wasn't at you. I swear I it wasn't about you. Alex. One traffic cone. <laughs> it is a thing that never happened. Gonna let me live um, the other best moment is when they're building the barricade, and I don't know if he like didn't think they were gonna use the audio or what, but Froffy in his little Hobbit Prince Irish accent yells, <laughs> "We need as much furniture as you can throw down." <laughs> um, so great, iconic, and iconic. also. A great Gavroche. Oh, I the love... best of Gavroche. I the... so... is that your dream role too, Lex? 
Yes. Honestly, it's my dream role. Like, um, fun fact. So, not to bring my dad up again, um, but Les Mis is my dad's favorite musical. Um, Careful, the- Jim Williams may ask to join us on the culture cabinet one day. Like, no, Jim Williams wants to join us on the culture. He's asked both Nicole and I personally. Um, but um, no. So the producers is actually my dad's favorite. My my dad's second favorite is Les Mis. And he'd he'd never seen it until we watched the movie. And first of all, when they were cutting Anne Hathaway's hair, well, so first my dad goes in and because my dad does this bit where he says he's fluent in French, but he doesn't know any French. (laughs) And so he just goes and just says like whatever word in an exaggerated (laughs) accent and calls it French. So the entire time we go in and he's like, and then they start cutting Anne Hathaway's hair and he goes, they got our hair. Oh, and, so then my dad got genu- oh my then Anne Hathaway starts singing I Dreamed a Dream and my dad's in tears and then he was he was invested in this movie and um so my aunt was in the hospital once and my parents were watching my cousins who at the time were I think like 10 and 8 and um he's like hey you guys want to watch a fun movie and so he puts on Les Mis for them, which is oh like three hours. Not while like their a... mom's in the hospital. While their mom's in the hospital. No. Ah, and, and like a very put... dramatic movie. Like Yeah. And that involves put... a mother in a, a mother hospital dying. dying. A very adult movie on every <laughs> level. They like... apparently really liked it. And so then I went wow. to babysit them a couple months later. Their mom was fine. And um <laughs> My co- my younger cousin goes, hey, can you put on that movie, that French movie that Jim put on? And I was like, Les Mis? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, sure. So I put it on. He goes, mm, can you skip to the part with the battle? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so I skipped to the part with the barricade. And he goes, but I don't want to see when they shoot the little boy. And I go, yeah, that part's really sad. He goes, he was just singing. And they <laughs> shot him. <laughs> Um, also Also, the year that Les Mis came out um was our senior year of high school and so my school choir did a medley of um Rob songs two points on that um it was a medley so like no songs were complete you would just sing little snippets and so of course you have to do on my own but it's awkward to just have the men all standing there and not singing so this arrangement had parts that the men would sing. So it was like, um, it's only in my mind. And then the men would be like, it's only in her mind. Like it was this whole thing. And no. so then the women oh would God. go, and oh, I know that he is blind. The men would go, she thinks that I am blind. <laughs> this girl next to me hadn't seen it. And she goes, he's blind. And I thought like, Oh my god. How funny is that song if it's from like a literal standpoint of like, and although I know he's blind. He's blind. Like he's actually blind. There is a way for us. Even though I know he's Mr. Magoo. But then then the men are saying she thinks that I'm blind. So imagine this world where Eponine thinks Demarius is blind. He's not. And she's like, I know that you're blind, but you know what? Suddenly it's a comedy. And she's like, what um, does Cosette have that I don't? And he's like, the ability to see that I am not blind, bitch. <laughs> okay, no, but your story reminded me, my other favorite thing about this movie is that they're all using this, like, 
sort of weird generic English accent until and it's time to speak French. Hit a French word. Oh my god! Like, yes, it's it literally is like, don't you fret, Monsieur, Monsieur. Marius? And I'm like, what? no, pick like, it's one. Ex- it's exaggerated one. beyond the way that French people speak French. Like, pick one. Either I, I speak so in a weird questions. French accent, or do the strange. We're all foreign, so we're just going to speak in British. Speak like, right. do one it's or like, the other. <laughs> Andrelas is like, you take the watch. No, literally, like, it's I like, okay, calm down. TikTok once where it's someone, and it was a bit, they were like, the obnoxious theater kid goes to London oh, yeah. and he's standing outside Les Mis and he goes, Les Miserables, my favorite musical to take place in London. And the person <laughs> behind the camera is like, it doesn't take place. And the guy's like, no, it does. And he's like, no, it takes place in France. And the guy's like, you look ridiculous right now. Yeah. yeah. It literally has the French flag on the poster. My favorite musical to take place in London. I uh, Just the way that they hit all the French words. Like, it, they do it with, like, a stronger accent than an actual French person would. It just, it kills me. It kills me. Yeah. But um, I will say for that movie... Helena Bonham Carter and Sasha Baron Cohen inspired and, casting. You know okay. what inspired? Um, Monsieur Thernardier is actually my dream. Um, Madame Thernardier is yeah. mine. So here I we need go. to see. I need to see the two of you. Next time Monsieur we do Madame karaoke, Thernardier. we're gonna yes. do Master of the House. Yes. We are. Don't tempt me with Please. a good time. I love um, that. We have to go to New York right now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and we, we also go. need to move on to other problematic fave. Because... I say, um, so I wanted to use I have Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> I need to use Helena Bonham Carter as my trans- uh, yes. as my transition. Speaking of musicals that take place in London. <laughs> with um, Helena Bonham Carter. With Helena Bonham Carter. Here's the thing. You all know as listeners probably by this point that we love Sweeney Todd in this house. So much. We do. Um, and I think Sweeney Todd, like, as a musical, is a great musical. Mm-hmm. There is an issue, it seems, <laughs> when people try to make film adaptations of Sondheim musicals because yes. they never get the humor right. Um, ever, ever, ever. ever. And- Another problematic fave into the yes, woods same that's also on my list yes. i think the issue with that movie is that like it misses like half the humor of the show um and the other the songs, issue but, you know. is james corden is there um that said a lot of that cast is actually quite good and chris yeah. pine doing agony was a gift to me personally um but sweeney todd obviously like sort of like talking about West Side Story let's just set aside the issues with the lead um being who he is um but like Tim Burton's take on Sweeney Todd is very interesting the issue is it's nowhere near as good as the actual musical Sweeney Todd do you know what I mean I do like if it wasn't an adaptation of Sweeney Todd I would like it more probably I've always said it's a great horror musical. Yep. Movie. It mm-hmm. is not a good adaptation of like I was listening to the 2023 cast album of that um musical as I often do. Um <laughs> and it's just this thing of like you realize how much he cut out of that story. And the thing that like didn't really bother me until I saw like an actual Broadway production of it uh, three times 
Um, <laughs> oh, because Singapore, it fits fine. Um, the is the fact that like it's it's a dark enough story as is. Mm-hmm. It bothers me how they decide how like he decides to make the judge and the beetle even freaking creepier when he yeah. doesn't need to. Like yeah. what they did's enough. Like we don't need him with the peephole. We don't need him offering Jamie Campbell Bauer his porn collection. Um, <laughs> that said, I do love the scene where he's like, "You gandered at Joanna," and jo- and Jamie Campbell Bauer is like, "No," and he's like, "Yes, you did. you gandered, sir. <laughs> sir, you gandered." How dare that. you look at someone from afar? I I think about that scene a hundred times a day. Um, I just also at Tim Burton. A dark story doesn't mean you just need to turn down the saturation. Truly. <laughs> okay, I um I have such mixed feelings on the color printing. Part of me loves it and the other part of me hates it. Um I did I love it in yeah. moments. I just like Nicole, yeah. I just don't think he needed to make the whole movie look like that. That said mm-hmm. though, like I think by the sea is yes perfect I think a plus sequence absolutely and i think that like i i agree like it is sort of a like if you don't know the musical at all then the movie works great if Mm -hmm. you know the musical even a little bit the movie is like oh god you you didn't get this musical at all did you i um I will say the end scene. I I on whole think the end scene's done better in. I, I said this when we did our episode. Mm-hmm. That on whole, I think the end scene is done better in the movie than it is in the musical because it's like not that I love violence, but like the fact that it is warrior and more violent just yeah. has a little bit of a better payoff, right? Like we've it's been not watching, as anticlimactic, right? We've been spending all this time watching this guy try to hunt this guy. It's more satisfying to watch him get stabbed in the throat a million times than just watch him get his throat slit, call it a day. Um, that said, why am I... And she really falls into that fire at the end. It's not like she trips. She burns to a crisp. Um, (laughs) but at the same time, like, why am I squinting my eyes for, like, the last five minutes trying to see what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like those Ariana Grande memes for like the last five minutes because it is so undersaturated and they're in this dark basement that I'm like though it's you giving know what, you know what the last don't? season of Game of Thrones. It really God. Is. <laughs> so they don't turn the saturation down when Timothy Spall's brains fall out of his head. It's true. I don't love that. Without <laughs> that. Um yeah. and the sound that the people make when they uh go down the chute and hit the floor. Every time, that's the most brutal part. Like more so than the throat slitting is the like that they yeah. make, they hit. I'm like, Bleh. oh my um, god! Wait, speaking of, we forgot the worst part of the latest film, which is the weird noise that and cracking. Suicide. Oh, <laughs> I just that cracking with Russell nope. Crowe. Nope. Anyway, yeah. nope. Um, no, I will listen. I don't have a crush on Jamie Campbell Bauer. Like, I love Jamie Campbell Bauer, but I wouldn't say I have a crush on him. The yeah. second that man pops on screen and he can gander at me any day. <laughs> um, 
you know what? Yep. My dad would be like, you gandered it. Like, you, you gandered. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Please don't bring gander at my daughter anytime. <laughs> Please, by all means. Would you like to gander a little closer? <laughs> I, You know who I would like to gander a little closer at? Are <laughs> the princes in the movie version of Into the Woods. Okay. Oh, so true. Because my God. My mm. I could have gandered at Joe Carey as Tony, but that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Only in my... I could have gandered at Joe Carey as Tony in a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, not... I... Yeah, so here is the thing about Into the Woods and yeah. that song, because yeah. Agony is the best part of Into the Woods, the movie. By far. By far. It's also because, like, it looks like they actually shot it in nature as opposed mm-hmm. to a back lot with mm-hmm. like very obviously designed by humans trees which okay my <laughs> thing is they don't go hard enough into the idea of it being a set a story if they, like, yeah if they if really they wanted to fully like committed that. to mm-hmm. that i would have been into it yes so, like and make like, it like a fairy tale theater bit. thing like yeah. please but... make it look like yeah. it's illustrations from a children's book like sure cool but they and i feel like that's kind of my issue with into the woods in general is i feel like there was a lot of creative decisions where instead of committing to something they just were like <laughs> i i they they chose not to decide yeah um and i feel like like, a lot of the casting in that movie does work. Um, Except for, like, the laziest bits. Yes. Which is James fucking Court. Corden. Ruining movie musical sense. And later. I'll say it, Meryl Streep. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to say. say. I was going to speak my truth. That is my least favorite Meryl Streep performance I've Here's what I'm going to say. It is her most pleased with herself show offy performance. I, and, and, and I maintain. And not just wish, I wish she had brought the energy and the alcohol that she brought to Mama Mia. Yes. In this she did her emotional support Pajmina. She didn't have yeah. it. Yeah. If she wasn't and able, everything fell apart. If someone had given her an emotional support Pajmina during Stay With Me, it would have been good. No, my problem with yeah. Meryl Streep in, um, first of all, n- Patina Miller. Um, yes, a decade after this movie came out, I know, but but, but that role belongs to her now. Yes, that was one of the best so roles good. I've ever so seen. Good. But the way that when she's like the ugly witch, that she kind of like is is so I can't quite the way she kind of like talks and is like. Again, she. I wish she was doing the three octave only dogs can hear. Yep. But instead, she's like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, when, um, you know what part, like, I remember wanting to, like, get up and walk out of the theater the first time I saw this movie in the very beginning when Emily Blunt's like, we have no bread. And she's like, nothing in the belly either. Huh? I'm like, yeah. no way, you guard dog. Like, please. <laughs> Like, I would literally kick her. I'd be like, get out of my home. I'd throw her into the oven. I would like to see I'm it. I'm never having a child. I would like to see it, I'd too. I'd throw her into the oven so we can't break the curse. Too bad. <laughs> oh, well. We have bread. We don't need children. But the um, thing that pisses me off about them casting Meryl is that mm-hmm. if you're going to cast someone 
if you're going to cast an actress of a certain age to play that role, why don't you just have Bernadette Peters do it? That was my... Um, also, <laughs> for that matter, Christine Baranski was there. Was right there. She was okay. literally on set. <laughs> like Meryl Streep yeah. is doing better in the prom than she is into the woods. And that's sad. And we so are James not Corden. talking no, about we're not talking that about, movie. We're not talking about the, oh, I'm going to give it a little shout out in a minute. We're not going to talk about that Andrew movie. I will give Andrew Reynolds a shout out, but that's it. Because look, if there was a worse movie musical than Mean Girls in the 2020. Um, there's two, Dan. I, no, there's three. What are the other ones? We'll get to them, I assume. Yeah. But like... Yeah. Because into the, I I literally left the movie into the woods, and I said to myself, "Well, that was a movie." It's, it's like, the kind I of truly movie. Felt nothing like about movie. it, one way or another. I have but, never seen it again yes. since I saw it, but I do frequently watch the clip just of agony. I watch the clip for agony. I watch uh, the clip. Uh, of on the steps of the palace, same, which I thought was like a mm-hmm. really creative way yeah. to honestly. That. I love that. Anna Kendrick, and eight. Anna Kendrick was the I. It's the best performance in the movie, and I'm sorry, she, she's fantastic. However, the uh, the thing that I have watched most from Into the Woods, the movie, is Emily Blunt's Moments in the Woods, it's which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I know she is not Joanna Gleason, and I know that she's not a trained musical theater actress. Oh my god, you know who would have been a better witch than Meryl Streep? Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's Ooh. true. That would have that been good. Okay, that would have been incredible. I hate myself even more now for thinking of that, because what we could have had, we could have had it all! Okay, I'll stop. But, like, okay, so... I get that Emily Blunt is not like musical theater royalty, but what she does with that, like she takes that song, she makes it hers. Yes. In a way that like actresses have not really in since the original Broadway production, Mm -hmm. they sort of done it exactly like Joanna Gleason and Emily Blunt really found her own spin on it. That little laugh when she's thinking about the prince kissing her is like, it's so perfect and i love her rendition of that song so much and i wish she had anybody else playing her husband literally anyone because she deserved better anyone i would just like to point out about the movie though um they are cowards because they slowed down the tempo of your fault and i can do that whole song as every character at the full tempo so why can't you just do your one part when we do our karaoke night, and after Nicole yeah. and I have sang Master of the House, I will do... And Easy Street. And Easy Street. <laughs> I will do Your Fault as every character. Incredible. They and then Nicole and I will do It Takes Two. Yes. Perfect. We, I, that, wait, yes. <laughs> Into the Woods um, like, has a very soft spot, soft spot in my heart. <laughs> Um, even though I, it's not my favorite song. Listen, my favorite song is Sweeney Todd, and that's where the list ends for me. Um, <laughs> but um, I played Milky White in my tenth grade production of. I was I gonna mention it. it if you didn't. I can see it. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I think you would be I a wanna, great Milky White. I, I was. Like, I don't mean to be cocky, but I was the best Milky White I've ever seen. They should have cast you in the movie. They No, literally, nothing makes me more upset than, like, the fact that I came back to Broadway. And, like, I was like, I, I could have done that. I could have done <laughs> I could have. I didn't use a puppet. I used myself. Um, I, I have a permanent knee injury. Oh, my um, gosh. Well, because I had to run around on all fours. And I would wear knee pads under my costume. And one day, I couldn't find my knee pads. And I said... Well, that showbiz baby, the show must go on. So I did the full show without my knee pads. And um, the scene where I run away, um, I ran a little too fast. And to this day, <laughs> I'll be walking upstairs and my knee will just give out. Oh, God. No. Also, oh. once I was running away as Milky White and um, I lost my balance and face planted. <laughs> and my dad, um, I brought him up again um was my dad was really good friends with our um high school like one of our high school directors and he was running tech for that show so he'd go sit in the tech booth and um I face plant while running away and I hear a <laughs> and I'm like Jim Williams you stuck I could have busted my nose and my dad is cackling that I face planted in front of everyone. Oh my god! Calling oh oh Broadway scouts for a 2022 revival set 12 years later from this production were in the audience and were like, "Well, she can't ever play it on Broadway now." So, no. Does I anyone? Won, I won awards for that performance. I would just like to point that out. Anyway, does anyone else have another complicated fate before we do a rapid fire round of what we think are some of the worse yes okay my fair lady i agree because i that is a show that like that score like there is not a single bad song in that score and everything is yeah. great and i even like this is just me but like i love speak singing when it's done really well and rex harrison absolutely does it really yeah. really fucking well obviously and i even think that audrey hepburn is really good like yeah so what she couldn't hit the high notes like all the comedic stuff in the movie that's all her and it's great so i don't know why people get so up in arms about it and the thing is like it's not bad um, like it's it's possible, but my thing is that that movie is just so, it's so stuffy and yes. and airless, and it, and it feels just like they set a camera up in front of the stage and just said, "Okay, go." And I it, liked uh, that movie more before I saw the Lincoln Center revival of my fair lady because i thought i just didn't like my fair lady and i was like <laughs> oh it's like a good film of a subpar musical yeah. and now that i've seen what it can be i'm like oh my other complicated fave that i will mention quickly is seven brides for seven brothers um which listen, that's I not recognize... based on a, that's not based on a is musical. it not I no that's original that was an original movie musical mm -hmm. yeah Okay. They, well, I they see later after, they later adapted. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought it went the other way. Well, I yeah. stand. I would just like to say about my fair lady real quick. Um, that's why the doolittle is my dream. Look, I, um, I hate to look. And the number of times play... that I have just sung, I could have danced all night because I had a really good night. I 
get ready because when Lex plays Eliza Doolittle, I actually will be playing um, Colonel Pickering. So, <laughs> and I will play Henry Higgins. It's perfect. <laughs> actually, <laughs> no, actually, funny. no. Wait, I, I want to be Freddie then. I would say I have to play Alfie Doolittle, though. I can't be Lex's. You would be, yeah, like, you would be an excellent you know, Alfie Doolittle. I have Doolittle. to be and Lexi's I, dad. I have I to. Like, <laughs> feel like Listen. I would kill the role of Freddie. So, you would, though. Thank you. I hate, I hate to be like, I'm the main character. But, like, <laughs> which of us would have a really bad Cockney accent, um, learn to be a lady, but then below it all, getting angry at a horse? It's you. <laughs> it's absolutely you. Just and like, who would be delighted by it? Me. <laughs> I Dan would please. not come asking you for money though. Please no. donate to our GoFundMe where we will produce our documentary, um, Spider Man Turn on the Light, and also a um community theater production of My Fair Lady. Starring us. Starring and only starring us. us. And Hannah. Followed by our um it's a double feature of My Fair Lady, and then it's three hours, then an intermission, and then you get Mamma Mia. So yeah. Mamma Mia has a intermission. Yeah. And then you get Annie. So yeah. get excited. So um, you know, bring your catheters and your adult diapers and your snacks. You're gonna be there for a long time. And and um, similarly to My Fair Lady, I also find that the same thing is kind of true for the king and i which is a mm. movie that i love because i my god i love the sets and the costumes yes. the costumes those dresses Be- beautiful gowns like beautiful, beautiful gowns. gowns truly beautiful gowns great <laughs> gowns beautiful gowns i yule brenner is just like you cannot look away from that man you cannot try you can't do it and the thing is that even though the pet musical is like, it is dated and bad in every way that a musical from that time period can be dated and bad. But I still like when they get to Shall We Dance in the movie, every time I'm still like 10 out of 10 would. Absolutely yeah. would dance with that man and would let him sweep, oh, sweep yeah. me off my feet like that. Absolutely. You know what? I do it. Yeah. And the thing is for that movie is that like it's it is like so dated and bad and it it is very long and has pacing issues and some of the songs are just annoying but all of the performances are so good <laughs> that it you still are really are like I'm still really into it like I, all the way I feel through. Like, like the thing is there are so many films that were made in a certain time period that were adaptations of Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals mm-hmm. that now I look at it and I'm like this is problematic as all get out um and like a lot of them have like some like movie making issues as well yeah but I have such a nostalgia for them like yeah. I went through well well Lex was hyper fixating on like hairspray mm-hmm. I was hyper fixating on Oklahoma um, oh god actually i was younger though i was like nine and i was like obsessed with oklahoma um why no one will ever know because i don't know um maybe it was I mean, because i had also read a lot of little house on the prairie i was gonna say like <laughs> it's, you get you know your yeah. that and then you get your heathcliff so yeah but um i feel like i don't know i'm not a big rogers and Amherstein fan now but those mm-hmm. movies do Hold a, a special place in my heart, but I want to do a quick uh, recognition of some 
terrible musical film adaptations. If um, okay, so we can get the prom not. out of the way because it's so, so it is a crime the prom against humanity. Is literally a hate crime. <laughs> the prom yeah. is very bad. So, so here's the thing, Randall Lex. Singing Love Thy Neighbor. I am gonna say Andrew Cats. Randall's innocent. Yeah. But I'm gonna say Cats because of the oh. James Corden sequence, which I can never unsee. No. Cats is just like I tell you. Cats is so. I I really went into that hoping for nightmare yep. fuel and hoping for it to be so bad it's good. I'm like, no, it's just generically bad. It's just bad. No, it's, it's just beautiful. bad. Stop it! You're being so mean. It's I'll just say the so one mean. thing. I will say one thing. The best performance in this movie is Ian McKellen yes. as Gus the theater cat. Yes. However, the second best performance in this okay. movie, and I say this in all honesty, like not being a huge fan or stan or like anything like that, the second best performance in Cats the movie is Taylor Swift. Yes. Here's the thing with her, her accent is so bad. Yes. <laughs> but her voice is also better than the voice of the actress they have playing the quote-unquote lead. This is true. <laughs> I I, got, I do love Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger. I, I yeah, would have that loved was it a lot fun. more if he had started his song by being like, Rum Tug Tugger. Like, <laughs> I needed the, like, Jason Derulo. I would have loved oh more if he was the one that sang mr mistopheles because the thing about it is no. mr mistopheles is one of my it, mr mistopheles is my favorite andrew lloyd Webber song i think it is the best song ever written like oh uh god i just said it's the best and i've already um oh well i never has there ever been a cat so clever as magical mr M like be fucking for real that's art and in the broadway show when his rainbow jacket lights up my god it's and great so, what a moment! I wish they had. I wish they had Jason Derulo sing that yeah. in the movie because Rum Tum Tugger is supposed to sing. That. My thing is, I am actually a Cats the Musical defender. Me um, too. I think the issue I love it. With Cats is that it works better if you view it as like a dance show and yes. not as a musical. Yes, and absolutely. as a former ballet dancer, because that's I have what a lot is. of love for Cats. <laughs> um, I think that the movie, like their entire concept of it, was wrong. Um, they should have just. They should not have done all the CGI nonsense. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Tom Hooper, no matter what else he has done or ever will do, is forever barred from the culture cabinet. It's true. Because like, of things he did with that movie. It's true. Like, if he wasn't already barred for Les Mis, he absolutely mm -hmm. is for Cats. Like, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, is like The, the only movie. way to make a film of cats is to literally do a pro shot of the musical it is the only yep. way it works that, because audiences will not an accept film. them in like cat costumes on screen. yeah or an animated yeah. film yeah um okay other ones i want to hit are um the easy target which is jeriff and hansen oh. um which Justice for great comet yeah, Justice, Justice for, for a Great oh, Comet. When... Dear Evan Hansen was never a good musical, it and everyone won. finally realized it while watching the movie. And I was like, Where have y'all been? When why did it take Ben suddenly... Platt doing this a decade past the time when he was too old to do it on stage for you to do it? They should have cast Andrew Barth Feldman. 
yes suddenly hating uh dear evan hansen um like when the movie came out i was like the lannisters send their regards like i i yep. was like tell ben i want him to know it was me um <laughs> my other one that i really truly hate that i have to mention um and and it is a bit of a complicated hate but i have such beef with the phantom of the opera movie I oh have such a beef with Phantom of the Opera, period. God. So I'm not the person well, asking. Phantom is one of my favorite musicals. It's also one of the like two shows that got me into musical theater, really. Um, and I think the movie is a horrific adaptation of it. It's so I think bad. Considering what they could have done with that story, it's really bad. Um, but the two things that really bother me the most actually are design choices. One of which is why on earth in a production of Hannibal, they have Christine oh. in a reproduction of Empress Sissy's dress. What's happening there? Explain that to me. And then whatever um, the fuck she is that she's wearing in Point of No Return. Which okay, is, what is that? What opera what star would wear that at that time? What is that? Um, but then also the fact that they had an opportunity to do something really cool, prosthetic and makeup wise. Um, and instead they gave Gerard Butler what looked like a bad sunburn as it's his so deformity. Um, I, and I would also like to propose, I would like to propose that this movie gets at least 50% better mm-hmm. if you just switch the casting of Patrick Wilson and Gerard Butler. There it is. There because it is. Because love you, Gerard Butler. You cannot sing that role. Nope. Nope. It's just like you just can't. You and just can't. Patrick can't Wilson can. <laughs> I um a really and fun like, fact though is that Ramin Kirimlu uh is kind of in that movie because when they show I the don't... picture of Christine's dead father, um, it's him. Interesting. oh interesting fascinating isn't it yeah which makes him like he has played he, he did that and then he's played Raoul and the phantom yeah um in the show on stage so and there's your... also the phantom okay. again and love never dies, love never dies. So. he actually did that i think before he played the phantom in the original which is, show, which is fascinating yeah. yeah but i love phantom and that movie is such a poor representation of phantom that it just it, it grinds yeah. my gears it can I tell you that like I saw the movie before I ever saw the the show on Broadway. I had yeah. heard the I had heard the score before, but I had never mm-hmm. seen the show. And based on the movie, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna like Phantom when I see it on Broadway. And I saw it on Broadway, and I thought it was great. Well, I saw it on Broadway and fell asleep. Like, um, but yeah, I, I, I that movie yeah. is that movie is not good. It, moves like at a snail's pace emmy rossum hadn't learned how to act on camera yet because she was a baby i know like she sings beautifully yeah maybe my favorite christine vocally i don't know like maybe that's a little controversial i think it is but i i admire it i i just like really especially love her wishing we were somehow here again just Mm -hmm. like really gets me and i actually love i actually do like the the way they designed that scene i thought that scene was really good i think that's probably the best scene in the movie Mm mm-hmm and i think mini driver is hilarious although i don't understand what she why mini driver 
in two separate films in two separate decades has played like 18th century opera divas i don't what is happening here she can't sing opera so i don't understand why so funny also like if they were dubbing her they could have dubbed gerard butler um but you know i also this is my campaign i think that we should bring back dubbing singing voices if someone can't sing me too because then i can begin um me too because then la la land could have been a better movie anyways and again uh, like bringing this back to like a problematic fave but like they did that for the king and i and deborah carr and marnie nixon actually worked together to make sure that it felt seamless like it it Doing that is an art, and if you embrace it, it can enhance your performance and the film. They also do it frequently. They used to do it all the time in, like, Disney animated movies. Um, And it worked fine. So, and obviously I know that, like, it's a little different, but, like, you can work together and make sure that your voices sound okay enough. Um, Anyways, does anyone else have a terrible movie musical that they need to mention? Um, it is absurdly past my bedtime, and we're now hitting hour three. Which yep. is I know. Really we need to stop. <laughs> the three of us have ever done. I just want to say really, really We quick. just have a lot of feelings. We, we do. do. I knew that this was going to be our long podcast, because... Same. The three of <laughs> yeah. us talking about musicals. As soon as we started with Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, I knew exactly how this night was going to go. <laughs> um, I just would like to say that um, another movie musical I hate is um, Rent. And I was letting you say that. It was the last one on my list. Rent is like, the thing about Rent is in high school, I had a very tense Rent phase. and I, would I feel be like lying, everyone does in high school. <laughs> I would be lying if I said that even still, if someone was like, hey, Lex, we're going to pretend that you can't sing for a minute. Um, Would you like to play Maureen? I would be like, well, I guess I would. Um, <laughs> But um, Rent on whole just... I saw it on tour a couple of years ago with my family and I was like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't age the best. I mean, like, I know for the time it was revolutionary, but take any of that out from like a translation from stage to screen. It is horrendous. And what so I don't bad. like understand is that the vast majority of the cast is the original Broadway cast. Yep. It's directed by Chris Columbus um terrible director i'm sorry he was a listen he has um listen he directed the most iconic scene in cinema which is um once i make my move then you're free to check the king why was he not putting that sort of energy and drama no musical right like yeah i don't know mark could have been like or roger could have been like once i make my move then you're free to not pay rent <laughs> I mean, it would have been better than sticking him in the middle of a fucking Bon Jovi video. It's the, like Adam Pascal looking like John Bon Jovi. It's just, but then you know who wrote the screenplay is Stephen Chabotsky, who wrote The Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I have so many questions about that man. Everything on paper should have worked, and it didn't. It was awful um i have thoughts about how they brought back the original broadway cast though because it was like that was already a decade after Mm -hmm. it had played on broadway and they were honestly already kind of too old for it when they did it on broadway yeah i also feel like it sort of 
makes the show harder to take because when it's these fully grown adults being like we're not gonna we're pay not gonna our pay rent. rent yeah it's <laughs> like, like uh, we're gonna go to jail <laughs> it's suddenly benny becomes not the villain of the story I mean, like, like, oh. rooting for benny like there's a problem yep. also benny's tate eggs so of yeah so he can get it <laughs> like um, but yes that was that's the only movie musical in my mind that i that we haven't hit <laughs> Yeah, if I start talking about how much I hate that movie, we'll be here another hour. So I. But again, to our listeners, let us know if you'd like that. We'll come back and do another episode. We'll talk. I will just say that to this day, I'm convinced that the Rent movie is why Dina Menzel didn't have a song in Enchanted. I'll take that. I'll take that take. Ooh, okay. Um, anyway, um, cool. It's tomorrow now. Um, and so it's time for us to wrap this puppy. Lex is about to sing the song from uh, The Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, you do sing goodnight. That is you. That is me Goodbye. at like 8 p.m. most nights. Can I just say that it always makes me laugh every single time when they're all like goodbye and they're all like up on the, like, yes. on the yeah. railing and then everybody and then everyone down sings below is like yeah. goodbye. It makes me laugh every time. It's so good. Um, but yes. Um, so if someone were to say, "Wow, I saw Spider Man turn off the dark," and I should tell Dan about it, um, where would they tell you about it, Dan? Please talk to me about it on the social media network formerly known as Twitter, or you can find me there at Dance and Dan on Film, or you can you know find my letterbox reviews of all of these at Dance and Dan on Letterboxd. Um, if someone was like, actually, I think that Hugh Jackman's the best. Um, wait, you know what's a musical? I hate. It wasn't from Broadway, but I, I'm still gonna say it. The Greatest Showman. It sucks. If my enemy. Was- if someone was about to say, um, I think Hugh Jackman was the best Jean Valjean ever, um, where could they boldly attempt to tell you that, Nicole? Um, so if you want to get blocked, uh, come tell me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman16, or preferably send me a Venmo <laughs> if I have to hear that dumb opinion. I will say this, that The Greatest Showman sounds a whole lot better to me ever since I saw Wonka. I'm just going to say it. <gasps> How it's dare it, you? Because those songs are truly god-awful. Yes. But like, I least... thought the songs in Greatest Showman were bad, and then I saw Wonka. And I was All like, right. oh, no. And then I saw Mean Girls and just, like... We got to end this podcast because I, I got to go fight Dan. Um... Okay, well, say that you played Monkey White in your high school production of End of the Woods and you wanted to show me pictures of your low-budget Milky White costume. Um, That's what we all want. You could yeah. tweet them, um, at, at LexWilly, W-I-L-L-I underscore. That is also my Instagram handle. I don't know what my letterbox handle is. Don't follow me there. It's not good content. Um, I simply adored this conversation, even though my battery could not be more dead right now. So even though I sound angry, I've had a wonderful time. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode of the Culture Cabinet Podcast. Um, And until then, 
Um, I'll get the can opener.